Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. We got breaking news out of Provo, Utah. A man who was posting threats against the president had his home raided by the FBI, where he was shot and killed. And this story is uh, currently spreading hundreds of thousands of tweets as everyone's talking about it. And there's a couple different views. Either way, I see it as escalation. You either have the story of a deranged man on the Internet threatening to harm the president. Or you have the story of an overzealous FBI targeting a morbidly obese elderly man who was a threat to no one. Either way you break it, both sides are looking at this as some kind of escalation. And there's a lot more than just that. We're now learning that Twitter was fined $350,000 for snubbing the FBI subpoena. They were trying to dig into Trump's social media, and apparently Twitter in some way obstructed them. Elon Musk has previously stated that the government had full access to everyone's private messages, their DMs, and it seems uh, in all likelihood Elon was actually blocking this. So we'll talk about that. We've got a bunch of other stories that we can get into. Before we do, my friends, head over to castbrew.com. We have big news. If you want to support the show, you can buy our coffee brand, which is Cast Brew, and we have K-Cups available now. So if you want to get all of your favorite coffee blends, you can buy them. We got Rise with Roberto Jr. We got Appalachian Nights, Mr. Bocus Pumpkin Spice. We got Sleepy Joe Decaf, Unwoke Decaf. We got Stand Your Ground. Take all of it. Buy it. Support the show. But I also have an announcement to make. We are going to be retiring the official brand of Rise with Roberto Jr., because Roberto Jr. has passed away unexpectedly yesterday. He had a heart attack. However, the coffee will just be renamed a new package in memory of, Robert, uh, of Roberto Jr. And will introduce a new blend for his father, Return of the King, Roberto. So what we have available right now in terms of the Rise with Roberto Jr. original art, once that sells out, we will not be printing any more of these bags. We'll be making a new art uh, in memory of Roberto Jr. So... You know, buy it now if you want to. If you want them, I, it's it's one of my favorites, of course. And uh, buying Cast Brew supports the show. You can join the Cast Brew Coffee Club. Also, head over to TimCast.com. Click join us, become a member if you'd like to hang out in our uncensored members only show. Now, I know a lot of people are asking about what happened to last night's episode. This happened before. It's on Rumble's end. You know, I'm not trying to drag them. We're big fans. We love Rumble, but sometimes there are errors, and there's nothing we can do to 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 remedy it. We can try to re-upload, but then sometimes you get the same error. Usually it resolves itself, but uh, uh, we're we'll trying our, we'll, we'll try our best, and 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 I think, you know, one of the issues is that by the time we find out, because the live the live members only goes up, we're all here, we're all watching, everything's fine. By the time we find out the next day that it's down, the crew's not here, and then we could potentially re-upload it. We get the drive and all that stuff. So we're going to try and figure out a methodology which will rectify this should it happen again. It usually posts anyways. It it, 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 it fixes up. itself later, but yeah. for everybody who wants to watch it the next day, it's like right, it's right, not right. there. So, mm -hmm. but become a member. We're gonna have an episode uh, on, on, on uncensored live tonight at about 10 p.m. and we will take your calls, calls from the audience. You can call in and talk to us and our guests. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Take the URL right now for this YouTube live stream video and share it wherever you can. That really, really does help. Word of mouth is how podcasts grow. Joining us tonight to talk about this and a whole lot more is Reed Coverdale. Hey Tim, thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. Who are you? What do you do? 
Yeah, uh, I have the Naturalist Capitalist podcast, which I actually haven't done lately just because I've been working so much. But I'm from New Hampshire. I'm a libertarian. Uh, the shirt I'm wearing, if I want to get one thing out, is uh, Defend the Guard. This is legislation that we're trying to pass around the country. We haven't officially declared war since World War II and every police action that's taken place since then. The National Guard has been sent overseas, which is unconstitutional. If each state passes this, the president can no longer send troops overseas without declaring war. Uh, so that's something we definitely need to pass. Right on. Well, thanks for hanging out. We got Phil hanging out. How you doing? I am uh, Phil Labonte, lead singer of uh, the heavy metal band All That Remains, anti-communist and counter-revolutionary. Ian Crossland, what's up, everybody? Let's rock and roll. Yeah, Surge.com. Uh, yeah, regarding the Rumble thing, you heard it here from Tim, so stop contacting me on Twitter. Thank you. All right, everybody. Here's the big breaking news. We got this from the Daily Mail. Utah man Craig Deliu Robertson was shot dead by the FBI in raid after posting on Facebook a credible Joe Biden death threat ahead of the president's visit to Salt Lake City. They say Craig Robertson, 75, was gunned down on his doorstep by agents in Provo an hour from Salt Lake City after they were alerted to his posts about the president. Messages posted on what is believed to be his Facebook page on Tuesday included bloodthirsty content about how he would. I'm going to I'm going to be light on this one, but just let's post in death threats. Very serious stuff saying the state would be famous for the actions he would commit. Really, really messed up stuff. Now, the commentary that we're seeing from uh, many on the right is that this guy is 300 pounds. He's elderly. He can barely walk even with a cane and wasn't a threat to anyone. So I'm going to give you my immediate speculation in a second. But I want to say this first. You've got the left basically saying this is the danger of the far right, far right extremists threatening the president. Oh, heavens help me. You have people on the right being like, dude, it's some old fat guy posting on the Internet. It's ridiculous. But the most the, the, the best uh, response that I've seen is. Every single time someone threatened Donald Trump, nothing happened. All of these prominent leftists, high profile individuals made death threats against Donald Trump. Nothing happened. Kathy Griffin held up a, a, pic, a, a mock severed head of the president. Nothing happened. This guy posts really awful things. Nobody should be posting that stuff. The FBI immediately shows up to his house. He gets gunned down. Now, here's what I think. I bet, you know, they see these posts. So they're going to go and they're going to knock on his door and they're going to figure out who he is, what he's doing. They're probably going to arrest him. Many people have faced similar things. I'm willing to bet this guy showed up armed and that was it. Yeah, he look, I mean first of all like there's no part of me that's gonna defend this dude because like you can't threaten to to kill the president at all like i just i think it's it, i think the whole thing is funny because he's dead because like it's dumb to, to threaten to kill the president and then a, a was he like 500 pounds or something he's a really, three people are saying he was 300 pounds he can right. walk 75 so. years old but he's a big dude. But like when the cops come to your house, you don't need to like it's odd to get into a gunfight with the cops like that should be thought of as 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 a that should be infrequent. You know, I, I, I think this is indicative of escalation, because what I think happens is, sure, this guy may not be able to actually carry out any of the things he's threatening because he's morbidly obese and elderly. But he certainly had some kind of intent. Now, look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the cops shut up, knocked on his door and he was sitting in his couch you know, covered in Cheeto dust and said, hey, look, man, I was just posting nonsense. And they were like, too bad. And then shot him, nah. which I really doubt. Yeah, I doubt what likely that. happened is he was angry and said, oh, you want to come to my house over you, my, you know, you know, uh, for my cold dead hands. And I then, bet he said something about freedom of speech too. get off my property <laughs> right. kind of thing. Yep. And then he was probably armed because we know the dude had a bunch of weapons. And so 
that this is this is this is what happens. But I will I will I will stress. Did we get any raids when people were threatening Donald Trump? No. So I've, heard, I, I've heard stories of people getting their doors knocked on and guys being like, don't you do that. I have a question. Like, um, th- His posts were direct statements that he was going to do something. Yeah. Where the Kathy Griffin thing is more of like, no, that I, I hope this guy dies. Well, hers hers was just her standing head, there with yeah. a severed head. I right. mean, what does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, have there Were there documented cases where people were literally... Yes. threatening to assassinate oh, yes Trump? yeah okay I, yeah I'm there was there it. was a dude who rushed the stage and tried grabbing a weapon from a cop mm-hmm. and that and i'm pretty sure that dude's still alive there was that moment where the guy rushed the stage and then trump grabs the podium spins around secret service tackles him there was another moment oh, yeah, where a guy that, went yeah. to a theater and tried grabbing a gun from a cop and they fought him and stopped him and there were tons of people posting threats on social media and we're all sitting here going like yo this is crazy these people are losing their minds so i, I think everybody's I, 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 that's why I'm saying escalation because this guy may not be a threat, but yo, what is, what is the saying? Those who say don't know. And those who know, don't say there are people out there who probably feel the exact same way as this guy. And they ain't saying anything. They're not going to go on social media and post about what they're going to do or what their plans are. We, uh, we don't. And, and, and this is the, the threat of complete and total destabilization. The best case scenario is the Republicans launch a massive ballot harvesting operation. They utilize ground activists to go door to door. Donald Trump wins in 2024. They clean up the corruption. They fire tons of people. There are criminal charges and trials. And that's it. We move on. The worst case scenario in any capacity is anyone escalating this to some kind of high level conflict. I don't know about high level conflict, but I don't, I don't, I, I definitely see more escalation in the future. Right. You know, these last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. I just don't... I, I people, don't I, people need to understand, dude. I still don't see the off-ramps, you know? I agree. People need to understand what life is like when conflict conflict erupts. And I think one of the reasons why there in history, there are stories of countries that undergo revolution and that's it. And there are stories of countries that undergo civil war. And I think the issue is that for people in these countries that face revolution, things get so bad. Most people just say whatever, because I'm going to, I'm going to try and survive. When civil wars break out, it's highly political and people are like, there's a better way to do things. They, they fight each other over over the way things need to be. My concern here is it feels like either we enter some kind of dystopian nightmare or it turns into some kind of full on conflict. Yeah, I think with this particular incident, it's like Phil said, it depends on what happened when they showed up. I mean, if we find out more, if he started shooting back at them right as they showed up. I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of <laughs> what you expect to happen if you start shooting at the FBI. And 
Um, Especially if you're not able to move. Yeah, and they're getting... But, um, I mean, I, I do think the escalation thing is a problem. Uh, on your point about, you know, the Republicans sweeping all this corruption out, do you foresee that happening in any capacity? Like, because Christopher Wray, the FBI director, he was appointed by Trump. So. And, and predicating what Trump will do based on what he did is a mistake. Mm -hmm. They betrayed Trump. Trump's angry and wants revenge. So I expect something different from him. That being said... I'm not going to, I'm not saying it's a high probability or, or like the best probability, but who else are you going to vote for? Yeah. It's, like it, Ron DeSantis ain't doing it. Like if it's a 20% chance that Trump would be success, would successfully clean out the government, like that's way better than any other, anyone else that would be I'm elected, not, you know? I'm not going to bet on Donald Trump being a good dude who wants to save America. A lot of people are. That's their bet. Yeah. My bet is that they, they betrayed Trump and Trump wants revenge. I think Trump want Trump wanting revenge is something you can count on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I'm actually this this has surprised a lot of people, but I plan to vote for Trump currently, even though I've been one of his largest critics for how he handled lots of things. Uh, but I don't necessarily see him actually fixing anything or beheading, you know, figuratively beheading a lot of his past uh, appointees. Um, I just think he's going to drive people crazy and that's enough for me, like just to drive the liberals <laughs> insane and make he's everybody definitely mad. Gonna drive people crazy. I don't think the deep state will let him win. I don't think they, they can't stop him. Well, if, I mean, if they have proprietary voting machines, they can stop anyone. They didn't stop him in 2016. I know. And they made, they realized their mistake and then they stopped him. In, well, he was stopped in 2020, we should say. I think Republicans screwed up in 2020. I think Republicans were in on it. It was Republican legislatures in certain states who are passing these universal uh, mail-in voting laws. In Pennsylvania, they're the ones who helped Democrats bypass their own constitution. So I'm not worried about the deep state. I'm worried about the Rep Republican Party. But I think if Donald Trump and his supporters recognize the threats when it comes to uh, these, 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 you know, shady or illicit voting strategies, which were done legally, by the way, they're just, I call them shady. If they recognize that, and Trump seems to be, Trump's going to win. And they know it. And look, I think it's plainly obvious. They would not be indicting him unless it was possible for Trump to win. If they if they knew they could control voting machines and they could do all this, uh, they would not go anywhere near Trump. They'd be like, oh, geez. Oh, no. Here's Trump. It wouldn't matter who ran. They'd say, please run. Get all your supporters riled up. No, no, no. They are so desperate to stop him. They're talking about indicting him in Georgia next week. They're throwing everything and the kitchen sink at him in a desperate bid to stop him because they're not confident they can. Yeah, you know, the only person who can stop Trump is Trump. And I, <laughs> I mean, he's his biggest, he's his biggest, he, he's his own biggest hindrance. And I mean, in 2020, regardless of all the things you're talking about, Trump, uh, Trump was just, he, he was running an awful campaign. In 2016, it was great. He was the new guy on the block. He was anti-establishment. He was going to go in and kick everybody out who was ruining the country. In 2020, it was kind of hard to make that claim after he'd been in there four years and everything was falling apart and we we're passing all these giant spending bills. So I think it's really on him if he wants to win is to really, you know, listen to his base and try to understand what they're empathizing with him on. Because over the last couple of years, he's been a little bit off, you know, like he's cheering on stuff that they didn't support. And then he's even getting booed at rallies occasionally. And when he did his CNN town hall, I saw the old Trump kind of come back. When he was pushing back, I forget her name, uh, to the CNN um, interviewer there, and he was making all the jokes that he had made in 2016. He was talking about how we need to end the war in Ukraine. I was like, okay, this is the 2016 Trump that can win an election. So I think it's really up to him if he wants to win. I agree.
I, I don't want to push my my hopelessness on you, but I there's there's no way there's no way the that only, the deep state that will not stop that guy. There's no way. It's Donald just funny that it's like there's in no 2016 way. he won and it's like he can't win. It's impossible. But he yeah, did but win. Yeah, but he he won because they weren't expecting it. They they made sure Bernie Sanders How, what wasn't do you mean able. They weren't expecting it though. They propped him up. They thought he was going to lose to Hillary. They they got rid right. of yep. Bernie because they wanted Hillary, and they they got easy opponent in Trump. And then they fe- they saw their mistake. And they're like, we can never make that mistake again with Donald I th- Trump. I I think anybody who's telling mm-hmm. you that Trump can't win is actively trying to sabotage our path. Out well, of this. anyone saying he can win and and fire everybody and save the world is also leading you down a dark path. Yes, that's no, not the I completely disagree. Yeah, it, it is our only solution. I don't the FBI so. just it's, raided a guy's house who was threatening solu- death, and the, they killed him. The solution's in the, the private sector. It's not these politicians. The solution to the weaponization of government? Private sector. We need control of our social what? media. Communication technology. You need to be able to talk to your community and, and, and rally and organize and support each I other. Would, I would agree on a cultural level, especially with Elon Musk buying Twitter and then blocking government access to a lot of the information that they've been uh, <clears throat> illegally, I would say, unconstitutionally stealing. But we have got deeply corrupt individuals who are weaponizing government now the stories that i introduced today not even all of them that the fbi was systematically going after catholics they're they're criminally charging uh, uh people who are walking on a lawn in dc antifa is free to go in every respect you've got story after story of death threats violence the left they're getting away from it it is a multifaceted conflict i certainly believe culture and yes to be fair private sector is going to play an outsized role in this But when it comes to what is happening in government, I am specifically referring to how do we solve direct, short-term political conflict? And when you have people threatening death, what we need is someone who's going to go in, fix the justice system in any way, even if it means firing people. And people who keep saying, no, he can't win. Trump can never win. I'm like, dude, you you might as well just go to El Salvador right now. Because if you think everything they're doing with weaponizing the DOJ is unsolvable, because it's happening before our eyes. And they're going after, they're going after now Giuliani and Sidney Powell, Jeffrey Clark, John Eastman. If if you are going to sit back and say it is inevitable, it is hopeless, then you should not be in this country. You should run. You should have run a long time ago. No, no. You can acknowledge the deep state and the power they have over elections without being blackpilled and giving up. I mean, but it doesn't mean you got to bang your head against the wall to create a hole. Like there are other ways, I think, like Vivek Ramaswamy is a far superior candidate. And to act like Donald Trump's a better vote because he's more popular, I think is is a mistake. You should go for the best candidate. The the guy always go for the best candidate. That's how the best candidate wins. Well, see, Trump is actually my number three as far as quality of candidate goes. I actually like RFK the most probably, and then probably Vivek, and then Trump. I'm going to vote for Trump just because he's going to cause the most chaos and the most anger from people i hate that's honestly what i care about i love how you think but what you're you would go with rfk before i mean there's a lot of issues i have slightly because i i because i'm i'm totally not on the rfk wagon i'm not either by the way i'm not a fan but like i'm opposed i like i like the fact that he's counter to like basically like the 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 official narrative or to the mm-hmm. establishment or however you want to talk about it but like all of his past uh oh it's bad positions dude. are awful <laughs> yeah. his position on the second amendment his position on on climate change and and what to do about it and, and and if it's you know the amount of human uh input on climate change and all that all that kind of stuff all those things are terrible mm-hmm. like so i'm super 
not into the RFK guy at all. Like I know those. The other some, thing is a lot of libertarians are bought, are have bought into that, and I'm just I'm 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 extremely apprehensive. I I completely understand. <laughs> the thing is, uh, the the position he's running for, the things he's terrible on, he doesn't have much control over. Where the things he's mostly good on, he would have a lot of control over, and the things that he's good on that he'd have control over in the executive, I slightly prefer him to Vivek and Trump. Well, let's jump to this story from the post-millennial, because we got more big news in the destabilization of this nation. Breaking, Biden DOJ fines Elon Musk $350,000 after he refuses to give them access to Trump's Twitter account. The district court held acts in contempt for missing the deadline, and the social media platform was fined $350,000. I think for Elon, it's probably a drop in the hat. But, uh, wow. Massive credit to uh, to uh, Elon and X for yeah. basically telling the government to go uh, shove off. We were uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and and Reed did mention back when uh, Apple told the FBI to go piss up a rope when the FBI was trying to get uh, get them to unlock a ter- a, t- a terrorist's uh, iPhone. iPhone they were just like, yeah, we're not going to do it. But then they eventually just figured out a way to break in. Yeah, but at least Apple didn't help them do right. it. You know, which is, and, and credit to them. And this, to me, is kind of the same kind of situation. Like, uh, credit to Twitter because anyone that pushes back against the feds when it comes to this type of thing, I think is a good. is good. So We also need to protect that Twitter account at all costs. Donald Trump's Twitter. Is oh yeah, one of well that belongs to, in the to get museum of natural history. I mean, of uh, American history. So. He, he needs to get back on it. He uh, he truthed. We have this uh, truth from real Donald Trump, reposted by Election Wizard. He says, "Just found out that crooked Joe Biden's DOJ secretly attacked my Twitter account, making it a point not to let me know about this major hit on my civil rights. My political opponent is going crazy trying to infringe on my campaign for president. Nothing like this has ever happened before." Does the First Amendment still exist? Did deranged Jack Smith tell the unselects to destroy and delete all evidence? These are dark days in America. I completely agree. The The sitting president is trying to... He, uh, this is beyond Watergate. What, what is this? Joe Biden just tried to steal private communications from his main political rival? Yes. Let me just repeat that for everybody. We now know, and Elon Musk obstructed this. Joe Biden, running for president just tried to steal the private communications unconstitutionally from Donald Trump, from his private account. And only because of Elon Musk, they're obstructed. Incredible. I think technically, and I could be wrong, Twitter owns that account. So it's technically uh, Elon Musk's data and account. So they'd be, if they were stealing it, they'd be stealing it from Elon, but it looks like they asked him for it. So it wouldn't have been theft. If that sounds like something it. the NSA would say. Well, I think you don't own any of our social media. Any data reasonable data. person would argue that our data belongs to us. I would like it to. Yes. But I think legally at this point, it doesn't. But it should. And some on some sites, maybe it does if it's in their terms. A I, lot of I, sites want to own your I, stuff. I, I got I to tell you, I, I don't care what ridiculous, psychotic, totalitarian Nazi BS the government tries to argue about why they have a right to to take my private communications. They don't. The Fourth Amendment extends to what is my private communications. And they can make all the arguments in the world that when you when you transmitted the message over Twitter, you gave that message to Twitter. Nah, that's a BS argument from psychopaths who are trying to bypass our constitutional It would be like if you went into somebody's house and had a conversation with somebody else in that house and they were recording you in their house and then you left. Like technically that 
persons that own the house would own that communication now. That's kind of like Twitter. Isn't no, it's more Facebook it's more works? like you have a Probably, yeah. it's more like you uh buy you you rent a mailbox at a big so so out in the middle of nowhere, people don't have mailboxes in front of their houses. Depending on where you live, they'll actually have a mailbox building where everyone goes and collects their mail. Despite having private houses, they go to one spot. So, you know, where we are up in the mountains, these mail trucks can't get on some of these roads. So it would be more like they said that mailbox isn't actually yours. It's property of the post office. Therefore, anything inside of inside of it is our fair game to open and read. I think the post office can open and read your mail. They need probable cause. The Fourth Amendment protects us. So I will make the fair point that they're saying a judge ordered this. But that means very little to me when it is the president trying to steal the private communications of his chief political rival. That's a whole degree of effed up. Yeah. I mean, just because there's a political campaign going on or just because Donald Trump is uh, persona non grata doesn't mean that the federal government can just look into his private communications. And there is an expectation of privacy that you that people have when they use platforms like this, you know. So. That's why they call them private messages. That's a big mistake. Yeah, that's why you need to encrypt your messages and yes. have end-to-end encryption. Anything that is unencrypted is viewable by every government on, well, most of the governments on earth, I would imagine at this point. You're totally right, but the average person doesn't, you know. But that's like Ignorance saying- Ignorance is not excuse, you know. That's take, like saying the government can spy on you unless you build a house inside of a Faraday cage. It's like, if, no, if you don't the have constitution curtains, is to stop them from doing it. Like it's If you don't have curtains on your windows, no constitution is going to stop the cops from looking inside your that's, house. That's not a fair, a fair analogy. I mean, because you lock your when messages. you're sending a private message, <clears throat> you are not- the average person does not believe they're standing nude in front of a window. They think the curtains are up. So it would be more like the government has goggles that can see through your curtains and said, well, it's your fault for only having regular curtains. Yeah. It's like, what am I supposed to? You got to put up lead curtains. You do. You do. <laughs> right. Because the Chinese That's government. Unreasonable. Well, I yeah, know. Sure, the foreign it's governments. Really- We're talking about the United States government trying to steal Trump's communications. Well, it's any anybody can do it. Any government could do it. And that's so, not my concern. My concern is the U.S. government violating the rights of American citizens and Joe Biden trying to steal communications from Trump to cheat an election. Well, I mean, I think you did. You just point out it's not he got a judge's that a judge sign. It means on this? very little when the DOJ Joe Biden is targeting his political opponent. I don't care criminally charging trump i don't care they've crossed the line i just they're engaged in civil war i I don't disagree with you but i have no empathy for people that continue to text on their phones with proprietary software to type on direct messages on twitter and youtube without saying this stuff like that is trackable data get it through your head i have no empathy if you don't get that through your head i'm sorry i don't i have tons of sympathy for people who eat splenda and drink fluoride and do a whole bunch of other really awful things because the government tells them it's fine yeah well they should because there are there, there are people who should know these things but it's not the job of the average person who's a plumber or a carpenter or who works at an insurance company to read the news and do the research every day. That's what we do. And so we try to inform them. We try to tell people, hey, man, you got to encrypt your messages. Hey, you got to eat healthy. You got to exercise and you got to pay attention to what's going on to the best of your abilities. But the point is the average person, yo, people are out there building houses. Okay. They're working eight, 12 hour days. They're not going to go online and research fluoride for 27 years to figure out what's going on with the water or atrazine or, or, or sucralose or other stuff like that. So they come to shows like this and we do our best to inform them to the best of our abilities. So I do have sympathy for people. They think their messages are private because it's only between them and another person. If there was a big red stop sign on the, on the thing that said anyone can see this, 
they would take it much more seriously. But they're not being told that they're being misled. Outside of all of that, the most important thing to consider, it doesn't matter whether or not Donald Trump can be spied on by China or Australia or any other country. It doesn't matter if private messages are not secure. What matters is even if I paint a big picture and I put it in my bedroom, the federal government does not have a right to come and take it without a warrant. In this instance, the chief political rival is being targeted by the sitting president for political purposes. You're not going to make an argument about warrants in that case. The Constitution has been ripped to shreds and Joe Biden is cheating to try and steal 2024. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. I think it's interesting that the federal government often uses foreign governments as a scare tactic to let them just, you know, have open season on your uh, private messages too. like the restrict act. That's what the, the TikTok ban is what it was being sold as because China's harvesting our data or whatever. But then the restrict act was just basically a Patriot act for all social media companies. Yeah. Five Eyes Spy Club. This is what they do. The United States, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, the UK. Each of them go to each other and say, it is illegal for us to spy on our citizens. You spy on them, then share the data, the data with us. And now it's allowed. That's how they bypass our human rights. And you know that they they've there's stories that I've heard that there are people that abuse it. Like dudes are asking people, hey, can you watch my ex-girlfriend and that kind of stuff like. You know, oh yeah, yeah. I think the Snowden revelations do, showed that, right? Yeah, because they because they if you're you know if you're working in the intel community and stuff, you're gonna end up getting friendly with other you know with other uh, other countries with other people in in the intel community for other countries. I've worked on the social media from the inside, and it feels like walking down dark alleys at night in big cities. Like, don't do it. Don't post your data publicly in direct messages on Twitter if it's not encrypted. Do not do it because you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position if you do that. And if you're taken advantage of, yeah, you can blame the victim, but like, like, oh, she had it coming because what she was wearing. But like, it, you just don't go down. If you if you continue to go down those dark alleys, I mean, I just don't have sympathy for those people. If if you know that there's a a, a risk involved, but you're going to do it anyway just because you're lazy or you don't care, I screw off. Like, you deserve it. Like, eat it. I don't know what I tell you. <laughs> reality is reality. Like if you're not going to protect yourself, you're not going to be protected. Yep. The problem with end-to-end -end encryption is that if the person on the other end of your message shares that message with somebody, uh, well, that's it, true. Your stuff's anything. not private. Yeah, that's true. If you go to someone and say, "Hey, don't tell anybody," but you know X, Y, and Z, and then they go, "Hey, everybody, X, Y, and Z," secret was meaningless. But uh, Elon's doing a great job. I think he's working on end-to-end -end encryption for all direct messages. I'm not sure if they've implemented yet, but it's probably for this reason. 
I think Elon would prefer not to get fined, you know, $350,000. Uh, $350, and it's easier if everything's just encrypted. He can go, here you go. And it's a bunch of Exactly. He doesn't have the thing to give them, so they can't fine him. That's how yep. Mines does it. They don't hold the keys. Only the keys only belong to the people that are sending the messages. It's crazy what's going on right now in this country, man. We have this story from the post-millennial fourth indictment against Trump expected in Georgia next week. Willis has stated that she plans to announce potential charges by September 1st at the latest. I don't know what to tell you, man. Everything we see happening. What do you think is going to happen in, in, in 2024? You think there's going to be it's going to be some peaceful. Everyone comes and shakes hands and smiles with I, a degree of psychotic behavior. I mean, they just gunned a guy down and killed him in his house. Yeah. Whether you're I'm not I'm not making a comment on anything other than that, that a guy died. I we, with the with the. Uh the level of intensity that now I feel like it's a kind of calm before the storm kind of thing, because it has, it has been really chill, like news wise when it comes to the actual election and stuff there, there hasn't been any kind of big developments to talk about. Uh, I mean, we keep talking about, you know, DeSantis kind of just petering out. That's been the big story for days and days and days, or, you know, maybe Vevek is, is getting, some traction stuff but it's still it's mostly very chill you know not not big announcements or anything like that so i feel like you know the it is the calm before the storm and it's i feel like it's going to be really really weird with ai and the way that and the way that's going oh, to affect the deep fakes aren't yeah even calm, they've only just begun yeah and i think that like i said now is the calm before the storm but i think that once the, once the election starts or once the campaigning starts getting in er going in earnest it's going to be really weird with people aren't going to know what to believe you're not and it's going to be really weird i don't know that i don't know that anyone's ever going to feel confident about who won a, an election ever again just because they're going to feel like they i don't know that people are going to feel like they confidently can say that they made an informed decision that was actually informed by the truth as opposed to, you know, really propagandized. So I think it's going to be a mess whether Biden <sighs> or Trump becomes the next president. And I don't think we're on the verge of some like civil war. I think people are too lazy for it still, honestly. Like you might have a few people who are real amped up. Uh, but I mean, the FBI has been murdering people for a long time. That's, you know, I understand that this is politically charged, but everything, every murder the FBI has ever committed in the past has been politically charged. So I don't think this is necessarily a new thing. And, uh, you know, if you're not online all the time, you talk to people like they're a little worried about stuff, but not nearly at the levels that everyone is on Twitter and social media. So. I don't think that we're at the verge of any sort of conflict. When people, one of the things that I think when people say that is, I think of the the idea that there is only a certain you know, small percentage of people that are involved in any kind of like political, whether it be you know activists or whether it be you know you know um, just going out and, de and demonstrating or protesting or whether it be people that actually do you know get violent and stuff. It's it's always a small minority of, of people that that get into you know get into that stuff. Like Tim's talked multiple times about how when he was in Egypt, like you know there was a, the, the Arab spring was like literally kicking off in Egypt. But at the same time, there were people that were like, you know, at cafes, just going about their normal day. And I feel like the people that are on Twitter and stuff are most likely the people that are going to be, would be the ones that would be at least the most likely to be 
politically informed. So it seems to me to be to make sense that those people would be the most likely to be politically active. Well, I, up to up to including you know violence. I think you nailed it. It's it's never the majority. It it, it is never it, like I, I don't think there's there's a, there's a there's for the most part a conflict in history where the overwhelming majority of a population was actively participating in a conflict. Even in, in World War II, we're looking at, you know, what is it, like a million some odd uh, conscriptions in a, in, a, in a country of at the time. What was it? Uh, how many people were, were around then? It's, the a, it's a fraction. Yeah, it's a fraction. I bet I bet it then. Then maybe, well, like 60 to 100 million or something like that. Probably less. What, what, what is it? In you know, 1941, uh, yeah. 132 million. 132 million. And how many, how many soldiers did we conscript? A million? I don't know. It's somewhere around there. Yeah. So that's like, you know, what, 0.7? Point yeah, zero it's a small, small percentage that were actively engaged in the conflict. And the reality is the people who were conscripted weren't actual participants in the conflict in the sense, in the political sense. Mm -hmm. It was like, I got to tell you, I bet most people didn't care. And if you went around, I bet there were people going like, yeah, but if you ask, if you ask your neighbor, they don't care about Germany or what's going on. Yet somehow we found ourselves in that conflict. So what I see happening, you get this guy who's posting on social media saying this horrifying stuff. You get Antifa. You get violent extremists who go out and the majority of people will cower, but conflict happens. Eventually what happens is the question of who's in charge. There's that a moment Matt Taibbi wrote about where two cars speed towards the police station. Two men in suits jump out, run full speed up to the door, run inside and run to the police chief and say, arrest that man and point to each other. And now the police chief says, uh, which one do I arrest? Who's, who's in charge? What happens then? There's a bunch of different ways this, these th things like this go. You have revolution. You have military takeover. In Egypt, the military took over. The military just decided, you know what? The civil unrest is too much. And they removed the president twice in the span of, I think, like a year. But most people aren't paying attention to that. I look outside and, and there the guy sitting in McDonald's watching soccer. He doesn't care. I went to the mall in Heliopolis. While the revolution is taking place in Egypt and people were just shopping for cell phones. And if you asked any one of them, not a single person cared. And then a day later, the military removed the president who was duly elected. Why? He was he was a Muslim. And the secular people in the country, there was there were more secular people than Muslim Brotherhood supporters. But the Muslim Brotherhood was the largest faction of voters. So they won. It was a legitimate first past the post election. Military said, we don't care. But the average person out shopping. I go to a cafe. I'm having coffee. Nobody's talking about it now. You actually go out and you'll hear, you'll, you'll hear people talk about it. So it, it's worrying to me in that I don't expect the average person to care. I'm concerned about the people who are politically active and motivated. And I'm concerned with, look, if the reality is you're right, nobody cares and no one's going to do anything. Then we're dealing with a federal government that has just amplified their corruption 100 fold to the point where they're like Watergate was a scandal. Mm -hmm. This apparently Joe Biden's still yeah. the good guy. That is a degree of corruption and malfeasance we have never seen in this country before. And what? Nothing's happening? Yo, this, it, it breaks down. If nothing happens, if we don't have a new, like the, the, the best case scenario for everybody, Trump or Vivek or, or even Ron DeSantis, any, any one of these guys who pledges to fire people, the best case scenario is they do get elected. They do fire people. They do start weeding out corruption and we turn this ship upright and we start saving it. Otherwise, the two scenarios are overt conflict between angry political factions or revolution. Yeah, what bothers Psychotic me- Psychotic despots go around and mercilessly beat, arrest, and lock up innocent people. What gets me about these faction conflicts is that I think if there's an enemy of the United States, they would want that 
to happen. It's very easy to destroy or take over or surpass an enemy if they're infighting, if they're in the middle of a, a half the country's fighting itself. So they want people to walk outside and be like, hold on there. I think you're the enemy. And the other person's like, no, 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 hold on there. You're the enemy. I saw it on TV. And they're like, no, I saw it on TV. That's what they want. So if people are brainwashed or afraid or dumbed, then they might do that. But if so, not only do we need to weed out corruption within the government itself, we need to control the media in a way, or at least influence the media so that people are not afraid of each other. I, I, maybe if I think that's that's naive. I think when you have people like these leftists who've come on this show or the culture war who directly advocate for giving children sexually explicit content, I don't know what you're what you're arguing for. You tell those people, I'm sorry, I am not going to allow you to present this book of adult pictures to children, you should be in prison. And they argue, I've got 80 million people at my back that tell you to STFU. Now you've got a problem. Yeah, um, I'm, I mean, throwing people in prison for advocating for a book is different. I didn't say anything about throwing them in prison. You just said you should be in prison. You just said that. The, for giving the pictures to well, children. You said the people that came on this show. No, 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 no. I'm saying okay. the people who are giving these books to kids should be in prison. So, the 80 million people at their back voting in support of it. And you ask them and they'll deny it. They'll say, well, I don't know about that. But they're certainly complicit in it. Were you going to say, Reed? Oh, I was just going to say, I think the federal government's a lost cause and trying to kumbaya everybody into peace again is not going to happen. So I think that separation and people going to places where people think the same way they are is the ultimate solution. I mean, at this point... You know, when I see conservatives crying about the streets of San Francisco and like how horrible it's become, I'm just like, I don't take them seriously anymore. It's like, why do you care about San Francisco anymore? It's so obviously toast and gone because, or Chicago because or they vote in our federal elections, which have an impact but on that's whether the we're problem going to war, right whether exactly. we're not protecting our borders, whether or not the government is increasing the tax rate. So when you have California bringing in non-citizens and using that to inflate their census numbers so they get more votes in Congress and in Electoral College, we've got a very, very serious problem with what San Francisco is doing. Yeah, well, that's that's the problem right there that they have control over us. And the solution is trying to decrease the control that these other states have over us. The federal government needs to decentralize instead of trying to fix it and just get better people into these positions. We need to go back to a more decentralized approach like the 10th Amendment actually provided for. Yeah. That's the only but, but, solution. But I don't I don't completely agree with that. I, I maybe would have agreed with it a while ago, but now we see the issue of these West Coast states passing laws where people can kidnap children and then sterilize them and the state will protect the kidnapper. So there's a problem then when we say everybody just pick your state and then shut up. OK, what happens when you're in Oklahoma and uh, is it is it Oklahoma? Let me make sure I have my states right. What happens if you're in it might be Kansas. I got to make sure. I think it's I think it's Oklahoma. What happens when hold on. Let's yeah, see, adjacent to Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the point I, I was going to make. What about. happens when you're in Oklahoma? I think it's actually either of them. And uh, a woman, you know, you're with a woman, she gets pregnant. And then she decides 6 months on she doesn't want to be with you. So she flees to Colorado. Colorado, no limit on abortion. Oklahoma, mm -hmm. ban on abortion. So what happens? Yeah, I, I mean, I understand you, you, why people are uncomfortable with that thought. But at this point, that's the only thing that I think is going to save pockets of society. So, so, so I'm asking you what happens next. She goes um, to Colorado and gets abortions. And, and that man says, well, I guess she's going to kill my son. And then just sits there and twiddles his thumbs. Well, that's the way it is now. 
I mean, to be fair, yeah. so right right now <clears throat> there is a it, it it's that way now. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It wasn't that way before. It used to be that there was a certain like yes, these things would happen. Yes, there are bad stories, but the more people geographically polarize from from each other, the more you're and, and the more the culture divides and escalates. Maybe abortion isn't the issue, but you run into that wall of there's going to be uh, uh, a kid kidnapped. There's going to be a, there's going to be a guy who lives in a neighborhood and he's going to have a creepy smile and he's going to go on TikTok and say, kids, don't listen to your parents. Your parents are bad. You should do whatever you want. I support you. He's going to get a message from a kid who says, actually, I live a few blocks away and I want to get sterilization surgery. And the guy's going to say, I will drive you personally to California to make this happen. He's going to kidnap the kid, go to California. Do you think the parents are going to be like, well, guess my kid's sterilized? Or is, do you think there's going to be a conflict between the major growing cultures between states? Yeah, I get your point. Is it the case where a, a third party not related to a child yes. could take a child yes. to it? Really? Yes. Wow. Yep. I think that's specific, that might be uh, specifically in Washington, however. That's right. I didn't know Washington that. State. Yeah. I think Washington state was the one that explicitly said anybody who, who helps a child receive gender affirming care will, will not face prosecution in their state. So when we live in a post-rational society, which we do, there's no universal reason anymore. And we live in a quasi democracy where the people of the country get to decide what is right and wrong, basically. I mean, where is the win in the end there? Getting rich. I mean, there's no there's no moral win in the end because you're dealing with people who don't believe in the same thing you do. So that's why I'm saying at this point in the game, you should move places where people do agree with you because it's the only hope. You're never going to convert the country. Sure, sure. I, I, I don't completely disagree. My point is just that you have to ask yourself what happens after everyone geographically polarizes. Well, I think the liberal cities are going to continue to fall apart. I mean, I and then what? And then what happens when people in cities don't have food or water? They're gonna leave or they're gonna die. I mean, it's it's gonna get bad. But they're, they're not just, just going to leave. What? So if you look at like New York City, liberal city, most of the state's relatively red. Mm -hmm. So what is the city gonna do when the city is struggling and doesn't have food or water? The same thing the left always does: steal it from somebody else. The easiest thing to do is to go up, go up north and go to the rural farms and just seize their food. Hey, it's what communists do. They're gonna say the people need this more than you. They already do it in California with the water. They tell the farmers who are the lifeblood of the whole state and a good portion of this country that they don't have surface water rights because the surface water has to go to the liberal cities where people have voting power. Then the poor people who live in these in these farming districts lose access to well water when the farmers drill into the earth to get groundwater to 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 grow crops. Mm -hmm. You can already see how that starts to break down. My experience in California during the drought made me understand the importance of the Electoral College why it is absolutely necessary, uh, uh, and the Senate and, and Congress, how, how the Founding Fathers did this. It's brilliant. In California, you have poor migrant workers, and their wells their well for, the, for water run 30 feet deep. There's canal water running through uh, this re in Tulare County, and I asked the farmers, why don't you use that water there? And they said, we're not allowed to. It's illegal. Because the cities voted to take the water, and the politicians say, well, the people need water first. So what the farms do then is they drill tens of thousands of feet, thousands of feet into the earth for groundwater, which drains the groundwater. And now all the poor people have no water anymore. Their 30 foot wells can't reach water and the water stops. 
the Electoral College changes the way the votes voting system would work. Now, you can't just go to this small, or I should say a Republican system, and I mean that in the, in the, in the philosophical sense, not right. in the colloquial sense. You have to go to them and say, we need you all to vote. We can't just vote to take from you. So that's the point. When you look at why we break things down by states, why they have senators, so that you can't just say, we outvote you, therefore we get your water. Right. And my statement is it's not broken down enough. Have you heard of the free state of Jefferson initiative yes. and California trying to break into three different states? Right. Like Greater those, Idaho. Yeah, exactly. Jefferson. Those are the type of things that need to happen because you're right. San Francisco and L.A. control an entire state now. And that's the problem is all that centralized control. So if that can be removed and dispersed, I, I think that's the only I, peaceful solution. I, it's not a peaceful solution. I don't disagree. I think it is a, a better move to make now. But when you have 10 million people in the New York metro and it's it's falling apart and collapsing, a decent amount of them leave and a decent amount of them will band together and say, we deserve it. Mm -hmm. And then you get conflict. You're going to have people in cities like the Colorado River is a really interesting problem. The Great Lakes are a really interesting problem. You've got states. I think it was Arizona trying to sue to uh, uh, to claim the rights over Great Lakes water, arguing the Great Lakes are part of the United States and the water should be dispersed. And then you have the Great Lakes Coalition. Fortunately, because I believe Ontario is a part of it, it's now international and other states can't just drain the Great Lakes. But the Great Lakes need to be replenished. They go down if, if there's too much consumption. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I see what I see happening with places like San Francisco and why I'm concerned about them is that as they fall into chaos, those people who live there, they need food and they need water. They need shelter and they want security. And if that falls apart, even by their own fault, they will come and take it from you. And that means maybe they just move to where you live and then start voting for things that destroy your systems. Or maybe they stay there. It continues to decay. And then eventually they just start going and stealing from farms, passing laws where they lock farms down and claim property and you get communism. I mean, how is that not happening under our federalist system we have now, though? The same thing's happening. They're doing that so to if, every if, single state. If we had property rights, mm -hmm. if we had a federal system that actually enforced equality under the law, you have a lot less of this. Now someone shows up and says, I get your farm. They say, I sue you. Now it goes to the federal government. They supersede the state and say, you can't do that. You can't take someone's farm. But that's breaking down. And that's the issue. We don't have a share. Like, it, it's, a, it's a combination of things. It's not just government. It's culture. We don't have a shared moral framework anymore. You have the rise of leftists. And, it, and the funny thing is, the success of this nation gave rise to weak-minded, entitled individuals who seek to steal from others without doing any of the work. And that leads to collapse. I mean, these people vote. So they vote, they vote to take, and they keep doing it. And then what ends up happening is one of two things. As the system starts to break down, you either get revolution or, well, there's a few ways. Reform is really possible, but it's really hard. You're either going to get re revolution or civil war if it really does escalate to that point. And I kind of feel like when we learned the DOJ is going after Trump's lawyers, that, that like, look, man, it was already unprecedented the DOJ went after Joe Biden's political rival, Donald Trump. Unprecedented. Now they're saying they're going to go after Trump's lawyers, the people giving him legal counsel. 
the government basically saying if you provide constitutionally protected services, legal representation to someone who we oppose, we're going to lock you up. There's there's an obvious next step to this advocacy. They're already saying they were political consultants. One of the co-conspirators was a consultant, not even a lawyer. Someone who advocated that Trump file uh, these lawsuits and, and seek alternate electors. The next step is fairly obvious. Those who incite criminal uh, uh, criminal actions. They've already made the claim that it's not free speech to incite uh, criminal activity, right? So now when they say that Donald Trump's actions in 2020 were criminal, the next step beyond his lawyers is anyone who publicly spoke advocacy for Donald Trump's illegal actions was inciting people to commit crimes and they're next. So I think the South should have been allowed to secede during the Civil War and the rewritten history about it is that it was all about slavery that had nothing to do with anything else and that has built an american dream that it's wrong to let people leave this country and wrong to let people do their own thing and that it's morally correct to bind us all together as one country if the south had actually left i don't think you know the north was kind of doing what you're describing that leftists do is always trying to reach out and get more power they were taxing the South a lot more than they should have been. Um, and so that type of thing is happening now. The, you know, the, the reconstruction uh, mindset has really just like kept going and given us the progressive era and destroyed this country. And unless we finally just break off and say, you know what, we don't all, we don't all belong under the same system. We need to have, you know, different governments that, you know, respect people the way they want to live and, you know, I, I just I just think it's the only way we can go forward. And then what? What happens after that? Uh, I think that the leftists are always going to want more control, like you said. But the only way to not give it to them is starve them of it. Right. What likely happens after a separation, if the United States were to break into two and the left called it like Jesus land and the United States of Canada, that's the mm -hmm. meme they put out. The next likely thing to happen is a unipolar Chinese communist planet where trade is going to be regulated under their currency and their, and their rules and their whims. And you're going to end up with not NATO control, but BRICS control. That could go on for several decades, maybe 100 years. Who knows what that means for Americans is, well, for one, it could mean less war. It could mean that we can live peacefully in farm in our own states and mind our own business. But it means your standard of living drops by some odd 90 percent. And that and that's you know, I'm not saying that's that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the issue is the petrodollar. It props up our economy and makes Americans wealthy based off nothing. When the when this country splits in two, the petrodollar ceases to exist. BRICS event, BRICS nations basically take over the global economy and oil trade. And that means Americans have to once again start producing. And we don't. So for those that uh, advocate for this, the end result is going to be you will work more than you've ever worked in your life and your standard of living will be 90 percent lower. Me personally. I don't mind tending to chickens and animals and working on a farm and reading books and just just working every day. These liberals, and these leftists, they're going to cry. They're going to cry more than they've ever cried in their lives. And they're going to beg to bring back the petrodollar. Don't you think that's kind of an inevitability at this point, though? Like it's that's that's it's why I say unavoidable. What yeah, I mean, well, know. I mean, look, in, in the event that uh, uh, like I really do mean it, if, if you get a Donald Trump of Vivek or even a Ron DeSantis, if they win and they actually do follow through on the things they've said, it's not inevitable. There, there's there, there's there's there is a possibility that we come out on top of this successfully. And that's that's still sort of bad news for anti-war individuals because the U.S. machine just keeps on keeping on. But to fire corrupt prosecutors, to criminally charge corrupt politicians and to re reform and, and restore 
the actual, uh, like, I don't want to say uh, moral framework of the past in its entirety, but the core moral frameworks of classical liberalism the founding fathers believed in, then things start to repair and strengthen. But you've got to get rid of the rot. you got to carve out the rot first and then rebuild. I, there's part of me that does think that if you can, if you can wake up the average shit lib, right, the average liberal that gets conned into illiberal things because some authoritarian convinces them that they'll be safer or they'll be looked at, you know, as the nice guy or it's, you know, it's racist to not do this or whatever the the con from the the progressives is. If you can convince your average bad liberal that they're being a bad liberal and they need to come back to things like the rule of law, the freedom of speech, that that things like the rule of law has a big effect on, you know, the cr the criminal element in your cities, and and that has a big effect on the economy. And if you can if you can remind liberals that these things actually do matter, and that they're the way they've been voting and and the behaviors of the politicians they're electing are actually illiberal, right. then I think that you could have a positive result without some kind of massive revolution, but without the people realizing that the things that they're asking the government to do are bad, illiberal, and producing the results that they actually don't like, as long as people don't realize that, as long as they think that voting for the, the what sounds nice is the, is the proper course of action, there's not going to be any significant change. I just wanted to also add that, you know, not just on a warfare front, but on an economic front, ever since we've been on the petrodollar, the dollar has lost, you know, all its value. If you look, 1971, we came off the gold standard, and then I think in 1974, we went on the petrodollar, and ever since then, the dollar has just tanked. So I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a reliable system, even with, you know, competent leadership, I don't think it was sustainable. I want to show you this picture. This is the only path forward right here. Everyone take a look. That's it. Who that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is, this, this is, so I pulled up some AI images that I made because I think they're funny. But uh, look at this guy's hat. Like this one guy over here is wearing a very, very tiny hat <laughs> for some funny. reason. This is uh, Mid Journey made this. It's uh, Generalissimo Trump. But uh, <laughs> I want to show you another image. This is uh, what the establishment fears. Donald Trump shaking hands with Sonic the Hedgehog. But uh, this one is actually the one I, I, I want you to see. Because if, if you were to actually, if you remove Sonic the Hedgehog from this image, it actually looks like a real photo of Donald Trump running down the street. There's it, it, the, the average person's not going to be able to understand that this was generated by AI. Granted, we put Sonic the Hedgehog in it, so we know this is not real. But this is what I'm talking about with the, with the political battle that's, that's coming, on, uh, coming up this next year. The deep fakes that we are going to see of audio, of video, it's, it's, you, no, no one's going to know it's real. There is not, I mean, look, if Joe Biden is willing to steal the private communications of Trump and try and lock him up, you think Democrats aren't going to make fake audio of him, fake videos of him? Yeah. You're going to do all that and more. Can you, I mean, that, that's the stuff that, that is, is going to be really, really difficult for people to sort through because it's not going to be. It doesn't have to be like the official DNC to produce something that looks really good. I mean, we saw that with the DeSantis. Uh, they're going to outsource it. Video that had the sonar ad at the end. They're, yeah, they're going well, to that was his campaign who made that. Or the CCP. Yeah, but what I'm saying it. is it wasn't difficult for them to make that. It's not It's not difficult right. for, for a, a person like the uh, Carpe 
uh, Donktum or whatever his name, like he was doing that stuff in his own time. It's not like you need some big infrastructure with with highly skilled people. You just need Photoshop or or Lightroom or whatever your your you know uh, DAW. No, it's not a DAW. What's the? I don't even. I don't know. But your program of choice. So. Um, so yeah, so yes, your your point is is well taken, and 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 it's it's something that is going to be difficult to uh, navigate. I want to I want to bring up this story for everyone who said that Trump can't win. Trump mocks Chris Christie's weight. Don't call him a fat pig. The <laughs> former president made fun of yes of the former New Jersey governor and 2024 Republican nomination rival in a speech in New Hampshire. It's really funny. Because he said, Chris, Christy, he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. When he said that, there was like 30 <laughs> people in the media that were just like, yes, he's back. That's when a man in the crowd shouted out to prod Trump. Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do that. That is the masterful anti-insult insult of Trump. When he goes on stage yeah. and he says... You know, you've got uh, Chris Christie. Some, some people call him a fat pig. We don't do that. It's a bead. That's his, that's his game. And it's brilliant because he's insulting him. What, what do you mean? I said, don't call him a fat pig. <laughs> Yo, Trump's back. Yeah. I, I saw that. And I, I, as soon as I saw the story, don't call him a fat pig, I busted out laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what Trump excels at. He is an entertainer. He builds confidence by being in control of the stage. And he's got it now. Not to mention Chris Christie is very pro-war. So I don't know who's going to vote for that guy anyway. But uh, I do think this is a sign, as silly and stupid as it may be, that Donald Trump has the energy to win again. I'd prefer a lot of other people, to be completely honest. Only thing I'm really saying is I hope Trump fires everybody. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't. Trump is good at firing people. I'll give him that. It's just he's yeah, never not, been good at hiring them. So that's true. And and he wasn't his first time around. But I'm really hoping that this time around he's just seeing red the whole time. I, yeah, I don't. I, I if it's Trump, great. That's fine. But the, for me, it's like, look, I want a president that's going to significantly cut the government. Yeah, he's that's not right. your best bet. <laughs> no, but he, him, uh, yeah, he probably. I mean, compared that. to who else? Again, Vivek, maybe. I'm just yeah. saying because, but, just given, like, I expect him to piss a lot of people off, but I expect him to sign tons of spending bills, and I mean, just, just looking at how he. I mean, I know I'm a libertarian, but even if you're a conservative, judging how Trump governed, like gun control, there, spending, no, yeah. expansion of government, like he was just awful. He, he's the only one that looks at the. Uh, security establishment or the intelligence establishment or whatever as the enemy i agree with you there so like, like do you know i i think that he would make significant I just think, cuts in the in the fbi i think he would make some, uh, do you know i think he'd make so. changes like a personnel change i don't see him like actually taking a hatchet to it but do you know maybe. the extent of what he did with the drone program i know he made it uh secretive and gave control to the generals his subordinates yeah, yeah i mean they stopped recording how many drone strikes were happening under his presidency um, so they don't actually know what the number is. It was very high, though. Um, you know, people rightly point out how many bombs Obama dropped because it was abysmal. But uh, Trump, uh, I think he he didn't drop more than Obama, but he dropped uh, more in his first four years than Obama did in either four year period. So it was I mean, he dropped a lot of bombs. And then he then there was a bunch off the record. We just yeah. don't know how many don't were, know how were many. dropped or yeah. where they were dropped or anything you, like that. Yeah. Do you think that. What's your view of how we handle, say, like Afghanistan or Syria? Just complete instant removal of all assets and, and personnel? So just I think, I mean, it's a mess no matter how you leave. The problem with Afghanistan, I think I talked about this last time I was on here, was 
the order of operations, you know, like Phil said that you get the people out first and then the military out last, but also Donald Trump had made deals with the Taliban about like, Hey, we're out of here in May. And then Joe Biden came in and was dragging his feet and was like, Nope, I'm going to make my own Taliban deal and we're going to leave in September. And then the Taliban was like, well, what the heck? Why are you still here? So, you know, there are ways we could actually start pulling troops out, but Trump was actually stifled by a lot of his generals. He wanted people out of Afghanistan. He wanted to start withdrawing and they screwed him up. Um, that was one of the best things about his presidency was the deal with the Taliban and trying to pull him out. So the issue with the drone strikes is if you immediately remove all the troops, you get what Joe Biden did. Granted, I think Joe Biden sabotaged Afghanistan intentionally. The, 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 the abandoning of Bagram Air Force Base was a psychotic move. What I see with Trump, and this is not to defend drone strikes, the US should never have been engaged in these wars. I think Trump's strategy was st increase drone strikes and pull our troops out. Then once our troops are out, decrease drone strikes, we're gone. Well, Trump increased troops in Afghanistan in the beginning of his presidency. He did try. He did right. start trying to pull them out eventually. But at the beginning of his presidency on war, he was awful. Yeah, he I mean, fired he was, 59 tomahawks in Assyria. Uh, he was just ramping everything John up. John Bolton. And then toward the end, he was kind of like, all right, all right, all right. You know, maybe I actually should pull some troops out. But so I, I think one of the only ways you effectively withdraw from Afghanistan in the way that uh, would be to. You basically use drone strikes as a placeholder as you remove personnel and then you rescind the drone strikes. You need you need a wall to stop what happened. And I think I think Joe Biden, as awful as what he did, gave us a window into 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 how not to respond in well, terms of the mistakes. He did made. use a drone strike, though, after. Um, what was it after I after that ISIS K bombing? Right. He did use a drone strike and killed like 11 civilians with it or something. Right, right, right. And. My point is this. If you are trying to actively withdraw all your troops from, say, Afghanistan, you, you can't just recall them all instantly. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a tapered pullback of certain areas. You obviously don't abandon Bagram Air Force Base. My point is that I think Trump's strategy, probably not even his, but probably some advisor was increase the drone strikes to create pressure, get our troops out, decrease drone strikes, release pressure. We're gone. I think the problem with Afghanistan was extending the leave date by like six months. Well, and that's Joe Biden. Feet. That is Joe Biden. Right, right, right. 100%. And then Joe Biden says, we're going to pull our troops out abruptly in the middle of the night without informing any of our partners in the region, without informing the Afghan security forces. And then they're left with no logistics. So you got guys flying helicopters being like, where am I going for fuel? Who's, is anyone there? What's happening? Just gone in an instant. And, and I think then it was the all for political optics. It was all because he didn't want of course it was. Trump's yep. Afghanistan withdrawal plan. Yep. Yep. I mean, what, what an evil piece of garbage. Was it 19 people died Jeez. because of it? Yeah. I mean, I think more than that. I mean, we're talking about 19 Americans, right? Yeah. yeah from the, the ISIS-K bombing. bombing yeah. How, many, how, many, how many civilians, oh, a lot. Yeah. bystanders are, are caught up in this and now living under the Taliban? So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> Joe Biden is plenty fair game, but also George W. Bush is who everyone really should hate. We didn't need to be in Afghanistan for 20 years. We could have had Osama no. bin Laden in 2001. It wasn't. We, we it, did, I do yeah. not believe the U.S. went to Afghanistan for Osama bin Laden. No, they, no, didn't. they didn't. They went there for poppy, yep. for heroin and oil. No, and I, lithium. I, 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 lithium I as They well. didn't go there for heroin. They went there for poppy. lithium. There's actually photos of U.S. soldiers guarding poppy fields because right. they were harvesting and them. That, and, and that may be a component, but I think it was All probably resources, strategic access, a, a, a pincer move on Iran, access to lithium, mm -hmm. seizing the region before China or Russia could take it, and nation building. 
And they use Osama bin Laden as an excuse to launch that uh, invasion. And they use WMD as an excuse to invade Iraq. Why? Do anybody know geography? Iraq's over here. Afghanistan's over here. Iran be right in the middle. John Bolton said, I think it was in 2018, by this time next year, we'll be celebrating in Tehran. Mm-hmm. I it think, was, that's, what, that's what their goal was. I, I, I'm glad you brought up George Bush because we talk a lot about how Biden is the worst president ever in, in people's lifetimes. A lot of people will, will say that. It was George Bush. It was me. George Bush, yeah. That guy started this. The, the worst? 9-11, war on terror crap, the Patriot Act, all the war that we've seen in the Middle East was started by those people. All the power that the Democrats are using against conservatives now with the Department of Homeland Security and everything, you can thank George W. Bush. I, I think to be fair, though, we can say that Cheney was the worst president because I don't think George I almost was. said that. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Cheney, I, I believe, maybe you can confirm this, Reed, that George Bush had actually given authority of the Air Force to Dick Cheney. Did he have, is that what it was? He had... On 9-11, it was Cheney's call whether oh, yeah, or not yeah. to fly the planes to, to uh, defend the towers. Yeah, it was Cheney's call to not shoot down the plane that hit the Pentagon. And that should have been the president's call. That should have been the president's call. Yeah, but call. he was reading to children or something and then what was on Air Force One. Yeah, no. <laughs> nepotistic child, daddy's yeah. boy getting into power, mess of a presidency. And then they put his dad's buddy in as the VP to let him run the show. If you don't Dick mind Cheney. me going on a short side trail here, just because Vivek put out a, Vivek Ramaswamy put the out Vake. a great, tweet about 9-11 um and it was about flight 77 it was about the uh hijackers who flew flight 77 into the pentagon khalid al-midar and nawaf al-hazmi and how they had saudi royalty directly wiring or indirectly wiring them money uh prince bandar who was the uh saudi ambassador to the united states wired money to Meir al-biomi in the united states and then he gave it to uh khalid al-midar and nawaf al-hazmi who later flew the plane into the Pentagon. And this is something that a lot of 9-11 conspiracy theorists completely miss because it's flashy and sexy and everything to deny a plane hitting the Pentagon or deny a plane going down in Shanksville. But if you just deny these things instead of looking into it, you actually find out that the true anomalies um, of people doing shady things are mostly involved with Flight 93 and Flight 77. And I'm not the expert on this. I just know people who are. Uh, Ryan Dawson, Adam Fitzgerald, they've done extensive research on all this stuff. Go check them out. But Flight 77, Khalid Al-Madar, Nawaf Al-Hazmi, the 28 pages of the 9-11 report. Just go check that out. It's very eye-opening. It, I, I thought that for 20 years they had one story, which was it was just they were just there working together for fun. Like there was no connection. And then all of a sudden in the last two years, more... Documents came out that show the connection to the Saudi prince. Let me yes. let me read this from Vivek. So he's uh, uh, he says Mike Pence says today that he was deeply offended that I don't trust that the government told us the truth in the in the 9/11 Commission report. He says, well, I find it offensive that our government repeatedly lies to us. Here's the truth: the FBI quietly declassified documents in 2021 that definitively reveal the government lied to the public about basic facts of Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9/11 until documents were declassified and they changed their story 20 years later. Omar al-Bayoumi, a 42-year-old graduate student, welcomed, housed, set up bank accounts, and gave rent money to the first two al-Qaeda hijackers after they landed in Los Angeles in January of 2000. Al-Bayoumi claimed to have met the two terrorists entirely by chance. The 9-11 Commission report verified that Bayoumi's altruism was in the name of hospitality, as he claimed. The FBI, 20 years later, changed its story. In documents declassified last year, the Bureau affirmed that Biomi was, in fact, an agent of the Saudi intelligence service who worked with Saudi religious officials and reported to the kingdom's powerful ambassador in Washington. U.S. government officials continue to lie about other matters of public importance, the origin of COVID, uh, I'm sorry, the origin of COVID, knowledge about UAPs, 
Hunter Biden's laptop and how our money is actually being spent in Ukraine. The Nashville Shooters Manifesto with a complicit media that just accepts the prevailing narrative without question. This fuels rampant public distrust. There is no credible evidence that 9-11 was an inside job. But ironically, when the government systematically lies about Saudi involvement and the media runs interference, that lends plausibility to an otherwise unlikely claim. There's no such thing as a noble lie. With all due respect to the former VP, the reason that people don't trust the government is because the government doesn't trust the people. Mm-hmm. Man, Mike Very drop. well said. Wow. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. I want to vote for this guy. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Yeah, I do hope he wins. Me too. I think, to be honest, I don't think he's going to win. He'd need to be selected somehow, like Obama was. Well, that deep state needs to get involved. I'm, with him. I'm, I'm surprised he's not polling higher already, considering he's he's broken into second place a couple times, and in the prediction markets he has. I'm surprised he's just every time I see him do an event, he's hitting a home run. He's in, he's hitting a grand slam. Well, he basically he echoed or just talked about exactly what we were just talking about that 20 years after the 9-11 commission report had lied to the american people about the terrorists involvement with the saudi prince but they didn't even bring up the saudi prince maybe at the time i don't know 20 years later they they admit we were lying when yeah, donald the saudi trump, prince was involved in funding these guys when donald trump said that chris christie was probably eating <laughs> he said vivek is catching up on DeSantis, and he's good yeah that was like Trump yeah. was like, he's good. Vivek knows it's, how to play the game. It's all respect between Trump and Vivek. I like it. Yeah, remember Vivek who was him. like that in 2016, though? It was uh, Trump and Cruz until right up till the end. They were like buddy, buddy. You know, like he wouldn't tread on Trump's shoes. And then <laughs> I, I bet the gloves come off. Eventually. Vivek has has handled his his reason for running and his criticisms, criticisms of Trump masterfully. Mm-hmm. He's defended Trump on all of the most important things. Yep. Praised Trump on all the good things that he's done. And I think his core uh, issue is that He's mostly just a younger, more active and, and, and involved individual who thinks that he could do a better job. What's Trump going to say to that? Good yeah. luck. This is one area where Trump really messed up was with the Saudis. You know, he talked about finding out what really happened on 9-11 when he ran in 2016. And then when he's president, he's over there with the Saruman ball with them, you know, <laughs> and, you know, dancing with the sword and, you know, just forgetting about Khashoggi and all that. So, I so don't know. the Saudi Arabian prince was sending money to the terrorist hijackers before to, they hijacked the planes to Mayar al-Bayomi who was a Saudi like a, student a in the United States yeah middleman who then was housing and giving aid to Khalid al-Madar and Nawaf al-Hazmi now someone funding terrorists before they attack doesn't necessarily mean that they were funding the terrorist attack they might have just been funding these guys for fun there's no way to yeah. know but this is damning yeah. this this shows direct correlation between the saudi government and the terrorist attacks on 9-11 and he's on target like what he's talking about here is the real deal i mean so many people get distracted by i'm gonna just call them dumb conspiracies like no planes or you know like stuff that doesn't matter and he's he's on target so good for him lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's jump to the story about Trump. We got this from CNN. Security increases for judge assigned to Donald Trump's January 6th criminal case. It all appears to be some kind of escalation. CNN has observed more security detail to Judge Tanya Chutkin and Deputy U.S. Marshals discuss security plans for the judge on Monday. 
The U.S. Marshal Service handles security at the D.C. District Court and a spokesman for the service said it takes th- that responsibility very seriously. Ensuring that judges can rule independently and free from harm or intimidation is paramount to the rule of law. You know, you see this, and this, we had the story uh, that we kicked off with about that guy in Provo who the FBI killed, and it seems like, I mean, look, it's it seems like violence is on the horizon. And then you think about the fact that, uh, or the story about Andy's, Andy Noe's uh, yep. situation yesterday, how the entire court seemed to be <laughs> against against North Andy, there. But An- Andy did win. So in this particular case, he loses against these two individuals, but the court found in default, found the other defendants in default, uh, in default or whatever. And I think what happens is fairly obvious. Andy sues a handful of these far left extremists. Then they all meet together. And my, my, my opinion and assumption on what they probably did was, hey, you guys actually did it. So don't show up. They'll hold you in default. You'll lose. But we don't want it on the record that you actually did it. Then those who weren't involved will go say I wasn't involved. I didn't attack him. And then you'll get a, a trial where it's Andy no loses. But so so he won against a couple of defendants already. They're in default. What does that mean that they're in default? It means uh, like no contest. They didn't show up. So they lose. So they're found guilty. It's not guilty. It's a civil trial. They're, oh, okay. they're in default. So they're they they they're made liable. no argument. Yeah, to what extent? Okay, I'm not entirely won. sure. Right. Against the guys who likely attacked him, they 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 probably and apparently one of the guys showed up after the fact after he was already found in default. He, sh- he tried showing up in the in, in the stands or whatever. But uh, the story about Trump and the judge and the judge getting more security. Apparently, people are saying that the judge is that basically what's happening is they're they're insinuating there are very serious threats from the right against the judge because of things yeah. Trump's been saying. And they're trying to make it look like Trump is a persistent and consistent threat. I support them getting security for any judge at this point. Um, but I do agree that I think this maybe is a play to make it look like. No, the guy it's that's not maybe. I mean, look, at, look, at, look at the way that they, they behave about the right all the time. It is constantly <clears throat> that the right is dangerous. We need security from the right. The right's going to do this. The right's going to do that. And if you look at the past couple of years... You know, you've got just uh, Steve Scalise was shot by a Bernie Sanders supporter. You got people showing up at uh, Supreme Court justices houses saying that they're, oh, we're going to, you know, I came here because I was going to kill the guy. Um, yeah, but Phil, a guy dressed up in a Buffalo costume and went into the yeah, Capitol once. Right. I mean, that, but that's the thing. <laughs> he was on got, Michael Malice's show, by the way. <laughs> he was today. Yeah. yeah. He got, Jacob Chancellor. You've got actual, you know, you've got people actually throwing you know, Molotov cocktails at police in, in Portland. And all that stuff is is mostly ignored. There, there's an attack on the White House that makes Trump go into the bunker and all that's ignored. But then, you know, the right does anything and then, and it's... it's uh, That's the most know, amazing look, hypocritical moment right there. But the, it's not hypocrisy. I, I've said this a bunch. There's this dude, Herbert Marcuse, who wrote papers yeah. giving the logic, giving the justification. It's called... Uh, uh, repressive tolerance it was it came out in 1964 or an essay on tolerance i think is what it's called came out in 1964 herbert marcuse is a, a rock star of philosophy of, of on the left he wrote a bunch of books uh coincidentally he was also influ- influential when it comes to queer theory he wrote this book called eros and civilization he wrote a book called one dimensional man but all these things that we're seeing in reality here in or in, in society now these things are all 
at least outlined in in leftist theory books decades and decades ago they're just manifesting in reality now all this stuff is completely predictable and you can see you can just go and find the arguments and read the arguments for this behavior if you want to it's not like the right is making it up is it fair to say that marcuse was writing like a playbook of how to win a cultural revolution in the united states uh i i don't know that he was writing a playbook i think that he was more a philosopher overall than than uh than than an actual tactician but possibly i don't i don't know i don't know if you you I would I think I would defer to someone that's more familiar with Marcuse's stuff. I haven't I haven't studied his stuff. I see. I guess there's in strategy sense. and tactics. So is he more of a, he's a I thought that was like Solinsky Sal stuff, that guy of rules for radicals and, and he was really like a tactics dude <clears throat> as opposed to so I I, I mean I guess it, maybe someone like Marcuse was, was a strategy guy and then Olinsky was more of a tactics guy, you know, like a, an on the street or on the, on the ground, how you actually affect these ideas or make these ideas manifest in reality. I want to pull up this tweet from Julie Kelly. She tweets, Jack Smith errantly claimed that Trump was a flight risk to convince Judge Bar Beryl Howell to prevent Trump from knowing about the Twitter search warrant. Beryl Howell agreed that Trump would flee from prosecution. Writing, the district court also found reason to believe that the former president would flee from prosecution. The government later acknowledged, however, that it errantly included flight from prosecution as a predicate in its application. What? They have already laid the groundwork to remand Trump to custody under the under the idea that he will flee if they try to uh, to convict him. And so this is what I was saying before. If the charges against Donald Trump are legitimate, if they genuinely believe it, Trump would be locked up right now. They would not let him leave. The man owns several jets, helicopters. He's a billionaire. He has buildings with his name on it. He owns buildings all over the world. He could go to any one of these countries. He has the absolute capabilities to flee. The only reason he wouldn't is because he's running for president. But they have made the argument already. We're getting this information out of the, uh, the, the, the Twitter revelation that they're trying to seek information from his Twitter account. They're, they're actually arguing now that Trump's going to try and flee. So how long until they remand him to custody? How long until they make the argument that Trump should not be free and then they stop him from campaigning? I don't know. I thought that they were not going to do that. This is this just came out today that they errantly included flight from prosecution as a as a predicate. What does that mean? They accidentally had his his flight risk in there and then they took it out. I think they what they're saying is they did not mean to include that they feel that Trump is a flight risk when facing prosecution. <laughs> I, that's and gotta they be did. false. Yeah. Like, what do you don't make accidents at that level? Maybe, maybe. Maybe they do. Maybe they do, actually. I don't know. But it seems like a, co a convenient accident to have that piece of data on and off the record at the same time. I think they're going to lock him up. They're trying to silence him. Trump's fighting back. Can he still run if they lock him up? Yeah. Yes, but he's not going to be able to go to rallies. I mean, it sounds kind of fun, though. I'm kind of interested in that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they lock him up, he still wins. That'd in fact, I think, it, I think it helps him. Trump and I think they know. They president. know. Yes, exactly. I think they know putting him in jail is going to give him a, a, a major victory. Look, if Elon Musk is right, that is the funniest outcome. Like, it is. He gets arrested and then goes to jail and then wins and pardons himself. And pardons and, all the guards. And then goes to D.C. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yes. But I, there, I there are many people throughout history who have been yeah. jailed by, the, by their, their government or political rivals and then later get out and then win. 
Hitler is the first yeah, one that comes I was gonna to say mind. Hitler. <laughs> I was going to say Mandela. Mandela is the other one. Napoleon that was uh, banished, and then he came back and went right back to the revolution and started attacking again. Yep. Mm, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I, I think there's a strong possibility they lock up Trump. I, they're, I, they're throwing everything and the kitchen sink. I think it'd be hilarious. They would piss off <laughs> hundred million people if they did that. Like beyond, yeah. You just that would be the worst tactic. Maybe that's the real conspiracy theory. That Trump really is the the you know the trigger. No, for that the civil that, war. Oh. No, that Trump is deep state, and in order to get him to win with the support of the people, you need to make him into the martyr, into the victim that people are willing to get behind. Interesting. It's True not that here. hard to imagine, though, if you think about like. So just do a thought experiment with me for a second. Imagine if Joe Biden had been president in 2020. Do you think all those red governors would have locked their states down? Yeah. Mm. They, they, they would they would have been on the opposite side they would have said oh no you know yeah they would have been like resisting the tyranny of joe biden where with donald trump saying hey guys we got to do this you know all the red states kind of like okay whatever so some did it's a word slowly it's worth started to turn about. around yeah but the the argument would be how do you get a libertarian to vote for a republican president make him a, funny a, make a pro him law enforcement <laughs> no you make him the martyr you make him you make him the persecuted oh. you make him the anti-establishment you make him the anti-government i was talking about this with bitcoin i was like you know if i was a world economic forum globalist billionaire and i wanted a one world currency how would i do it because we've heard that conspiracy over and over again they're gonna they're gonna make a one world government currency you know alex jones has been talking about it for decades i'm like well you got to get the crackpot conspiracy theorists to be the ones pushing and advocating for it. Because you come out against them, then you get that whole network of people paying attention to politics. They're against you and they don't want to they don't want to do it. So then I see Bitcoin and all of a sudden I see the likes of these anarchist, anti-establishment conspiracy theorist types all saying it's the future and you have to use it. And I'm like, so this this you're calling it. I don't know if they call it a currency these days or whatever, but it's like global financial transaction system that can be tracked by anyone at any point right and they can know everything you're doing and y'all are advocating for i'm like that's a this is like a one world unified currency well i mean you know i'm like i'm not saying that that's true i'm just saying if you want a one world currency bitcoins or i should just say crypto in general is a fast path especially considering they can track everything you're buying yeah i'm a gold bug so phil's gotta defend bitcoin uh i mean i'm i'm <laughs> a fan of bitcoin as well as gold and silver and i've got a little bit of all that stuff yeah. i'm not a one a one-way kind of dude that sounds a it's, little that the guys in tower in, in uh tower gang are gonna pay are gonna punish me for that kind of <laughs> I, I like that you can create your own crypto and use it like locally for things <clears throat> even though the government would want to take taxes from you you can still do it and like things like someone just texted monero uh gustav said that in the chat yeah monero yeah. apparently is untrackable or more challenging what, to track zcash what happens like that uh -huh. what happens when they tell trump they say where are you currently residing it says bedminster new jersey and they say okay don't leave the state what, what, what about that that's a half scenario it's like they're not jailing him because they don't want to give him any any hard political martyr benefits he probably would not leave the state go nuts on social media they're not letting me leave the state this is unconscionable i'm stuck here in this beautiful palace in bedminster you know but I think he would stay there and just do a lot more media. I've social media. I don't know. If he went and he said that he was in Florida, I imagine he couldn't get. He wouldn't get remanded to. Uh, it's going to be a federal judge who says, like, we're going to release you, but you have to stay in a certain area because we want to make sure that you don't flee. Blah blah blah. Maybe. 
I do want to see this though. You I'm want to see Trump arrested? Interested. What? I want Trump remanded to custody. I think I think, yeah, I think what what, the, the fact that they arrested him and let him go proves they're lying about everything. They 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 like, they're accusing the guy of trying to overthrow the government, and they're like, "Yeah, you can go, mm-hmm. go do whatever you want." Yeah. So what I find interesting is they can't, you know, prosecute him for war crimes because they'd be complicit in the same things right. they tried to go after, you know. And they got to go after Biden, Obama, yep. Bush, Clinton. Yep. Oh boy, we can go all the way back. And the like, the let him go thing is like, we think you did a crime, but you can go. It's kind of like, here, take this package. Whatever you do, don't take it across the street to that Seven <laughs> Eleven. Don't do it. And then they just watch and they're waiting, <laughs> waiting for him to take the package across the street. They're like, we just want you to flee, man. We just want you to do something to give us an excuse to crack down a hundred times harder. Trump's got a big jet. He can fly wherever he wants. So do you, do you think Trump will put his foot down on Ukraine? Because he, yes. the, again, I, I judge a man by what he does, not what he says. And, you know, to his credit, he did talk to Putin and he kept an open line of communication for the most part. But he also was the guy who initiated lethal aid to Ukraine. Obama, like he even bragged, Obama was only sending pillows and helmets or something like that. I'm sending them missiles. And yeah. I mean, he he was responsible for a lot of the escalation. He tore up the INF Treaty, the Open Skies Treaty, you know. So I don't know. Like, I, I just don't believe what people say. I believe what I they do. do. I, think, so. I think the war ends the moment he gets elected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Putin is going to c- cease fire and then... He's going to say, we're waiting and Trump's going to go. And I think a a likely scenario if Trump did get elected is the Donbass goes to uh, Russia, Mm -hmm. Crimea and the Donbass go to Russia. Ukraine retains everything else. Fighting stops. I mean, I would like to think that could happen because it's a very low bar. Like all we got to do is stop sending billions of dollars and the war ends, which the media is even starting to admit that now that Boris Johnson went there and disrupted peace peace agreements. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, NATO countries want they want war. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I think many in the West, United States particular, uh, particularly, are saying this is our chance to, it's a casus belli for war with Russia. We needed a way to justify war with Russia, and now we have it, but Russia needs to push harder. Russia needs to attack a NATO country so that NATO can invade Russia. That's what they want to happen. And they'll keep doing it until Russia has no choice. I wouldn't be surprised if you get NATO military forces firing from inside NATO territory at Russians. You've already got a story about a Russian strike that it was 600 feet from Romania or something like that. So we're getting dangerously close. Donald Trump is going to go in and be like, nope, no more fighting. He's going to go to the U- he's going to go to Ukraine and be like, you're not getting any more money from us. And they're going to go, OK, we want peace. No more funding, no more military. You, they're not going to be able to support any any effort against uh, Russia. How entangled do you think the deep state is with this war right now? How much vested interest do they have in seeing it? 100%. Then they'll assassinate him if he tries to stop it. I I see one. I think you, you, you mean to say they'll try. They'll try. They'll try over and over and over and over and over. One big problem with your theory I have is uh, Lindsey Graham, the, how close that guy still is with Trump. I mean, he mm. is like the epitome of everything we're talking about. I think Donald Trump wants revenge too much. When he goes in, he is going to be just screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm not saying it's absolute. I'm just saying what they've done to him now, assuming it's all on the level, raiding his house, going after his family, whatever. He's, he's, he's going to go in and he's going to scream at these people. He's going to be like, you're weak. You stabbed me in the back. Lindsey Graham? Sure, maybe. But Lindsey Graham, what's he doing to help Trump right now? Nothing. These well, guys abandoned him. with him a little bit. Yeah, and they, but they, they abandoned him across the board. So Donald Trump may be not perfect. There's a strong possibility you get a bunch of BS. But I'll, I'll you know, I, I'll flip the coin. 
I think there's a good, the, the best candidate right now for firing people in government. Hey, maybe it's one guy. I'll take it. It's going to be Trump. No, I don't think so. I think it's Vivek because he talks about, you can't literally fire people. Uh, you can shut down, um, like sectors of the, of the government where people work and then their jobs are dissipated and they no longer work there. <clears throat> you can't do individual firings. Um, Trump didn't know that apparently when he was in office, he's like, I can't fire them, but he could have shut, shut them down. And he didn't. I, I think he's not in a good state. I don't know. I don't want to assume too much, but it seems like Trump's not in a very good state of mind relative to 2016 when he was like, we're going to make America great. He was talking about making things great. Now he's talking about like, I'm going to go get him. You let me yeah. back in there. I'm going to get him. Revenge. Like, I don't want that. That's I mean, great. 2016, he talked about the Federal Reserve and the bubble economy we've created and how lowering interest rates artificially is going to cause problems. And then as soon as he became president without addressing any of it, it was instantly the greatest economy in the world. Everything's fine. You know, so he has a way of talking about the problems when he's not in there. And then as soon as he gets in, he has awful people, you know, talking him up and, you know, schmoozing him and everything. And then he just kind of, I don't know, he listens to bad advice a lot. I feel like his yep. instincts are better than the the governing he's done. But, you know, he's just, he, he likes flattery. He likes being worshipped. So That's so dangerous Ian, for a leader. You said, <laughs> yes. Ian, you said uh, that you don't want someone that's going to go in there and get him. That's exactly what I want. I want someone that's going to go in there and disassemble portions of the government. <laughs> that's like, different. Like, I want someone them. that's going to go in there and get them that look, I want someone that looks at them as a problem that needs to be remedied. The bureaucracy in in Washington needs to be disassembled. Absolutely, that's the biggest problem the United States has right now is the massive amounts of bureaucracy. Probably the security apparatus that was built after 9-11 has to be totally disassembled. It has to be because it's been turned on the American people now. So whoever's going to do... Yeah, whoever's going to do the most disassembling, and I mean it, whoever's going to do the most damage to the bureaucracy, and by damage, I mean disassembling, like taking it apart, firing people, uh, like getting rid of people that are working for the go for the government, ending contracts. This is, I'm talking about serious, serious cuts to the government. Like we get, we get a lot of people coming in here and talking about like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that and stuff. I want the guys that are like, I'm going to take the government apart because it's too big it's the biggest government in human history and it's totally it has so much redundancy so much unnecessary uh power and so it violates the the rights of of people in in the united states in every imaginable way every single bill every single uh, amendment in the bill of rights is violated in some way nowadays by the federal government and we should take with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The government apart and stop them. I agree the about disassembly. I'm concerned about the methodology because the two guys that have been talking about are Trump and, and Ramaswamy. And like Vivek's pretty uh, articulate and um, architectural about the way he wants to end certain programs, replace them with some, or in some instances not replace them with anything. 
as opposed to the what I'm hearing from Trump, and I haven't really talked to him about it, is uh, I want to go get them. I'm, 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 I'm going back in there to get them. And it's like, I want to hear about your structural reform. I don't really care about the people that's, that much. I mean, that's not that's never been Trump. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's Trump style. <laughs> I mean, it's not descriptive. It, it, like literally, like that's like not whether whether or not Trump has Trump never has a plan for that shit. I don't think that he has any kind of plan. He's going to go in there and be like, "How do I take things apart? Take that apart? Take this apart?" He's not. He's not. He's going to be on his computer, Google how yeah, to disassemble federal government, and then he'll yeah, have to rely on <laughs> advice and the people that play shell games with him will be like, "Yeah, actually, you can't disassemble that one." And he'll be yeah, like, "Really?" Right? And then like Probably. six weeks will go by and he'll be like why can't we do it guys whereas vivek's like stomping his foot like sign this piece of legislation i've read the constitution 30 times like he knows exactly where to move and to put the pieces to to take this thing apart in a way that won't destroy it no, i want the destruction well <laughs> disassembly and destruction are two different no they're not take something apart no they're not i mean you could way. argue no they are they are if you disassemble if you destroy it i mean you could argue that disassembly is a form of destruction i, I wanted i want disassembled in a manner in which it does not function anymore so whether you call it disassembly i'm saying disassembly so that way i sound nice and reasonable you can call it you can call it murder the government you can call it destroy you can say you can use whatever art you can you know articulate it however you want well uh, what not I want, however you want not like the guy in utah you know like, you know. that that that's that was a very in there was a specific yeah. individual i'm talking about the government broadly the bureaucracy yeah. so i don't care if you want if you if you talk about you know how you describe it i want the bureaucracy the function of the bureaucracy currently to end and the people that work in the bureaucracy to work in other fields that are no longer in the government. Like, and then I want the buildings that house the bureaucracy to be raised to the ground <laughs> or sold, you know, but like, I want to like actual elimination of government bureaucracy, not restructure, not give it or move it around, not a shell game. I'm talking about get rid of jobs in the government because I want the government smaller than it is. Oh, and there's just... and I think there's too many people that that will say that, especially even or even libertarians or small government people. They'll say, oh, we want to limit this and limit that. But then they would never, ever say, I want to get rid of jobs. They'll never actually say they want to make real cuts. I want real cuts, real, real cuts, real painful cuts to the government. I guess technically they'd be layoffs, not fi not no, firings, no, no, no. but layoffs. I don't care. I do you call call them what you want? I just want them not doing their job anymore. I want those jobs gone. I want those jobs in, if, if totally destroyed. This is what they did in Iraq, though. You got to be careful with the bad no, party. Th that was getting rid of people that had a political. That was getting rid of a political ideology in in the Bath Party. We're saying the Bath Party that was getting of rid of the party the party ideology. I'm saying get rid of the function. So like the uh, when you talk about getting rid of the Bath Party, you they what they did is they got rid of people that had an ideological perspective. That's like yeah, getting Saddam rid of, Hussein's political party. It's like getting rid of Republicans. What I'm saying is get rid of whatever the function that the government that this agency does, whatever their job is, make the government no longer have that job. So it's not getting rid of ideology. It's removing a function of the government. All right, we're going to go to Super Chats. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, take that URL on YouTube, post it wherever you can. It really does help. And head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only uncensored show coming up in about a half an hour. And right now, I put up a poll on YouTube. Should we keep Rise with Roberto Jr. or create a memorial blend for Roberto Jr.? <clears throat> As of right now, 
73% think we should immortalize Rise with Roberto Jr. So, if by the end of tonight's show, that is the dominant preference among all of you, what I'm going to do is we will alter the art on the existing Rise with Roberto Jr. coffee blend in uh, to add the, his, his date of birth and his date of death and in memoriam on the back, but we will keep it in every other way the same, which means the existing bags that we have, we actually have a few thousand that are still available, will be the last time those are printed, but we will keep it overwhelmingly the same. I just feel like I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to just have the same thing like we did nothing. You know, Roberto Jr., our favorite rooster, he dies, and we're just like, yeah, we'll just keep it. No, no, no. We'll make a new bag art. So that means that the existing art will be unique, and then there will be a very, very, very similar, but we'll say in memoriam with his, you know, life on the back. I think that's that, that's the appropriate thing. If... You all agree that we should immortalize the rise with Roberto Jr. blend. We I love that. The, the term rise with Roberto now takes on new meaning. It's like the spirit. It's like an elevation of spirit, man. Well, the return of the king. We have to make a new blend for Roberto who's returned. Oh, the beast. He's come back because uh, his son passed and he's got to take care of uh, his grandkids. Is he, is he in there now? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's out there. But uh, we'll read some more super chats. Let's, let's get on with it. I'm not your buddy guy. Always the first. He says, they aren't protecting Biden. They're protecting Obama. Biden just so happens to be the key connection to unraveling the Intel influence. Perhaps. Mick Zenmancer says, did I beat I'm not your buddy guy for first? Oh, so close. No, you didn't. You are six minutes late. <laughs> Sorry. Where are we at? Kenneth Hart says, your show is not kid safe, bro. We visited my library mom, who, of course, rescued a pit bull. I catch my oldest son wiggling his jowls, copying Tim's imitation of Obama, saying, too many kids. Got to blow them up. He put too many pits. <laughs> That was that was a just Seamus. Too many kids gotta blow them up. Yeah, so I made the joke where Too it's like Barack Obama's like, if you vote for me, I'm gonna blow up kids. And then Seamus was like, gotta blow up kids. Too many of them. Hope you gotta change the population. <laughs> Tom Mannion says, defend the guard. Thanks for representing the bill, Reed. Got it. Let's grab some more super chats. SR71 Industries says, Tim and gang, thank you. My channel would be where it is today without you. I do car enthusiast gaming, soon health and fitness for truck drivers, guns and gear. This veteran appreciates it. Rip Roberto, much love. Roberto Jr. But I, I appreciate the sentiment. Roberto is his father who has returned. His name is Roberto Beeks, and it was Roberto Beeks Jr. And Roberto Beeks, Mr. Beeks, he's back. William Tresh says, Tim, what are you talking about? That nothing happened when the left threatened Trump. Republicans sent so many strongly worded letters. They did. I remember those. How dare you? They were shaking their fist at clouds. Matthew Maddox says people tried to burn down the White House with Trump inside. They did. And uh, January 6th is more important, I suppose. There you go. Let's go. Ordantic says they definitely came after people who threatened Trump. I got a visit at work from the SS because of an Epstein meme. I had him and Kennedy in the same sentence and they cornered me at work and I'm a random nobody. But that's what I was saying. We've heard all these stories about them knocking on doors. The question is, what happened with this guy in Provo? I think he probably should do his door with a gun. And then they were like, nope. And he was like, nope. And then this is what happens. Yeah, I think he he probably got lippy. <laughs> Judging off his social media. Yeah, yeah his hand he, on his belt. Yeah. Dummy. Mike E says, had to send my dog of 15 years over the Rainbow Bridge uh. today. Can y'all please shout out my dog, Abby, one of the greatest dogs ever. Abby, may your spirit oh, yeah, rest yeah. in peace. Sorry to hear it, Mike. Rest in peace, Abby. Abby. OMG Puppies says, the Democratic Party controls the media. 
And that's all that matters. Aristotle said this 2,400 years ago. Democracy is ruled by whoever masters rhetoric. Agreed. Yep. They have a strong influence over it. I don't know, not full control, but definitely strong influence. Ryan Spaulding says the cover art of Megadeth's The System Has Failed album really resonates with current events. And that album was released in the early 2000s. Do you know, do you know that one? The cover of The System Has Failed? Hmm. Brian... Barwinski says Ian is grounded and crystal pilled tonight. 20. Oh, thank you. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I've been holding this ruby as we talk. A ruby, huh? <laughs> yeah. We got to give you that charged crystal. It's just sitting on our counter. Oh, let's bring it. Yeah, I got to bring it over. Colton Hires says, I think it's incredibly stupid to vote for whoever will make your opponents the angriest. Vote for whoever can bring the most change. I see that in Vivek and not in Trump anymore. Don't troll vote. I like Vivek. I want to vote for him in the primary. We'll see, though. We'll see, though. I think I think it's going to go Trump. But, but it would be pretty amazing if uh, Trump picks Vivek for VP. I, I'm not, not not entirely sure that would happen, though. What do, you, what do you guys think? You think? He'll probably offer it to him. I feel like Tim Scott. He Lindsey might, he Graham. Might, I just don't want yeah, to. Yeah, not Lindsey Graham. That 80-year-old in like, the White if, House. If he, if he chose Lindsey Graham, he loses. Yeah. Hands down. I because th- there are people who vote for Trump but don't like Trump, right? Yeah. What do you, you put Lindsey Graham on the ticket, and they're just like, I'm out. There's this uh, thing about RFK and Trump uniting and running. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, uh, I'd vote for it. Absolutely. Do you think that could happen or is it ridiculous? I don't think it's, I, don't, I mean, it is a little ridiculous, but I think it could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Trump, Trump is a New York, uh, uh, he's, he's Democrat. He's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I want, <laughs> I, I, I want to say like he's conservative by New York standards today. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's like so an old school RFK Democrat. Now. Yeah. Right. And so RFK has got a lot of bad positions and a lot of past positions that are, that are questionable. But, uh, I kind of just want to see insurgent candidates storm the gates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They go in, they walk in, and it's like, we're in charge now. You're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Sign this bill, you know? Yep. Man, we got we to gotta have something going on. 14 All says Elon did hand over Trump's account to the government. In the end, though, this is only being half reported. Yes, that is true. So the question is, was it Elon trying to obstruct? Was he strong-armed? Let's see. Defect says, what do you think about the Department of Education? I just found out their annual budget is $270 billion, more than 10 times that of NASA. It doesn't seem we are getting the value for the money. Doesn't seem. We're literally not. And also, their their budget goes up every year and test scores go down, have gone down every year. Every single year, they have been lower than the previous year since the inception of the Department of Education. That would be if you split up, what is it, $270 billion among 550 states, you'd have, what is the math? I don't know what the math is there. Six, six, six billion, five billion per state, something like that. That's a lot of money that you could, you could give out to the states directly. It's the most important uh, department that we could abolish on a, uh, on a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not foreign policy, on a uh, domestic, domestic policy. level. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that, probably. Get Nate- rid of the... All right. Nathan Rossman Bakehouse says, Vivek, love him and all, cannot win. None of your guests can even say his name right, and they are politically clued in. I think that I, 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 I don't necessarily disagree with that. The fact that no one can say his name actually matters because the dude has been speaking a lot. Now, granted, people are going to read things phonetically. They're going to say Vivek when his name is Vivek. But it seems like no, no matter how many times we've brought it up, no matter how many times it comes up, We've even corrected people on the show, and they still won't say his name correctly. Also, Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Three, Vivek's one of the gods, V-I-V-E-C, oh, spelled wow. a little different, so Vivek is in the consciousness already, but it's Vivek. 
But we've had guests where we'll be like, it's Vivek, like cake. And they'll go, oh, okay. And then 20 minutes later, they're like, well, Vivek is saying. Vivek. Some people yeah. will be like, I don't know. He's he's <clears throat> relatively new into the social consciousness. And he may not win this time. I'm not, I, I don't know. I, I want to manifest his victory. But at the same time, he might just win in 2028. There's a reason all his yard signs say truth, not his name on them. I oh, don't know. wild. Yeah. At least oh, in really? New Hampshire. That's what they all say. So. Really? Mm-hmm. Dom G says the Fourth Amendment is not limited to your home. It includes your person, houses, yes. papers, and effects. Looking through my messages is like looking through my mail. Ian Roland zero. Looking in my eyeballs is like looking into my mind. Man, get out of it. No, come on, dude. But it, but that's true. The Fourth the Fourth Amendment does. <laughs> he's, he's right. If yeah. if if you have a stack of papers in your office laying on a desk, the Fourth Amendment protects them from the government walking up and just grabbing them and reading them. Yeah. The the it's it's ex, it's extensive. Historically, the, the courts this. have found that it's ex, it's an extensive uh, protection. Imagine you rent an office in a big building and you've got paper sitting on your desk. So the government goes to the building's owner and says, we're going to go in and take all these private messages because they're, they're actually yours because they're in your building. And he goes, deal. Yeah. Sounds like Patriot Act. Sounds like complete oh. nonsense. We'll grab some more. James Deneen says, Ian, what's your favorite flavor of boot? <laughs> oh, straight up Ice leather, cold. dude. So You can mean. actually eat leather. Yeah, they say, I, I read somewhere that if you're starving, you got you to gotta eat your leather off yeah, your shoes. and chew it up. It's animal hide. I mean. <laughs> How does it just last forever? Like, what, bacteria can't eat it, but you can, or what? I don't know. We will get some more Super Chats. What do we have here? Mr. Howie Howie says, Tim, you mentioned a memorial statue for Roberto Jr. I'm a pro- professional sculptor. I'm up for it, in fact. I just emailed a 3D render of a fun version of RJ I've been working on recently. Have a look. Uh, where did you email it? I will write down your name. We yeah, we we should do this, Mr. Howie Howie. But I'm just writing Howie squared, so I don't have to write Howie twice. Uh, yeah, we, we, it would be great. We'll get a little statue of Roberto Jr. We'll put it by Chicken City, like you a know. weather vane. We should get a weather vane of him, just constantly hmm. spinning around. It's actually a good idea. We have to put it way up high though. If yeah. you actually, you know, so a little statue is probably, you know. Redbox says, Phil, why would you judge RFK Jr. based on his past positions rather than his most recent modified positions that lean more center right? Because he held the past positions for longer. <laughs> judge because, a man by what he does. Yeah, because he's got history and, and uh, behavior that, that you know shows that he endorses those things. The, the most recent stuff could possibly be changing for what is politically expedient, whereas the things that he... Uh, says has said consistently in the past m- probably reflect his real opinions uh so that's that's why silence do better says only three percent of the american population participated in the revolution <clears throat> it does not take a majority to prevail but rather an irate tireless minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men samuel adams well wow. i feel like it's easier to fight a war back then than it is now like with the spread of information and with the well there's porn of, on the internet yeah i I, <laughs> I disagree i think it's easier now than it's ever been uh offense has become uh increasingly one thing we see is that throughout history offense has increased faster than defense defense is incredibly difficult and always has been you get to the point where you know when you have clubs and stuff someone makes a shield and you're fairly equal in your defense and offense. You swing the club, you block it and deflect it with the shield. You swing with your club, he blocks it. And then we get bows and arrows. And now you have high-speed projectile weapons that can penetrate through a shield, hit your arm, hit you in the leg, break through your armor, even rip through plate. 
So once they advance between, you know, from chain mail to plate, now you still got offensive capabilities. Then you get gunpowder. Now all of a sudden armor made no sense. It's like the musket ball is going to rip through whatever you're wearing anyway. So you're better off having a light soldier who can carry more and move faster because we're using muskets. We do have bulletproof vests. We do have all these things. But the reality of warfare is today you have cyber capabilities, the ability to manipulate hundreds of millions of people overnight, instantly viruses to destroy their economy and take out their new, their, their uh, electrical plants, their grid. In the snap of a finger, the entire grid in the world could be shut down. I'm right. sure that every government has a button they could press because they've already hacked and installed viruses on everyone else's machines. So we don't even need the minute, you know, time frame for the ICBM to launch into the air to shut a city down. Now they can just click a button and grid's gone. Right. Chaos. I think like war in general is easier to fight, but the likelihood of someone in this country grabbing a rifle and heading to go fight a war, I think that is less just because of the amount of uh, ease people live with now and the amount of technology that makes their life enjoyable. I mean, back in the day, that, that's acting like, you know, uh, people can afford their rent and people can afford food. There's an entire right. There, I think those things have to go before like any revolution. Yeah, like any civil I think conflict it has to get that miserable before there's any sort of actual big conflict. But like then people but, are too but, comfortable But then you're not now, saying anything different. Right. So when people in France were fed, they didn't want a revolution. And then right. when the famine came, they wanted a revolution. Yeah. The same thing is true for Tunisia and, and, and Egypt. The cost of bread was going up. That's that's a. Uh, that's not that's a, a every every revolution has to a certain degree to a certain degree that in common yeah some kind of lack of direct access i think it's a uh what is what's his name the hierarchy of needs what's the guy's name maslow maslow's hierarchy of needs when you disrupt these things people get mad and they'll fight for them yeah. food is a critical component yeah so for a lot of people who are you know very very fat so long as the communists keep people fed there ain't going to be a revolution just theirs or there won't be a civil war just a revolution so they got to make sure everyone's fat and happy and they'll be like, well, I got food. I ain't going to fight. Yeah. But but uh, I will also add saying that it's harder for people today to pick up like a rifle or something. Uh, it, there's always organization to these conflicts. I think anybody who's like thinking they're going to run out and grab a gun is stupid. and They shouldn't do anything like that. We, we, we want to win where the conflict actually occurs. And today it's a culture war. We need to win the culture. We want to win in the legal front. And I would I would say it's like saying. People are much less likely to pick up a sword today. It's like, well, that's not the effective means of conflict. The effective means of conflict today are manipulation of right. the mind, social media. I think people just still think of a generic civil war. When when they hear that term, they think of like North and South or Republicans and Democrats like right. grabbing their guns and fighting each other. And, and I, I don't think that's accurate. And, that, and that's like saying when you say war, but it's like, what, people running around with swords and shields fighting yeah. in the streets? Like, no, no, dude, that was thousands of years ago. What, you mean like people with guns? No, dude, that was 100, 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. People going online right now, we are being faced with a cultural revolution and it is being actively resisted. And there are two principal factions at odds over who is, I I'm glad to say that it's substantially less violent. I hope we don't get any violence, but like, this is it. Are we going to win the cultural battle or end up in prisons? Let's read some more. Wait, what is this? I'm not going to read that because I can't verify it right now. All right. Tetris yeah. says, hey, Tim and crew, can I get a shout out? My wife and I just found out we're expecting our first child. Ooh, congratulations. Congrats. Something happened to the Ecuadorian president? Yeah. yeah well, it's... no, not the president. The uh, Someone that was running for president was right. assassinated. Whoa. Saw the, uh, there's video going around of it. So yeah, it, it happened wow. uh, at like a political rally, I think. So yeah. it's definitely verifiable, I could say. Wow. Josh says, re-X, 
It'll end up being enabled by uh, enabled on the app only, not the browser for security reasons. The only solution I know that addresses this is SIF, which has quantum resistant in browser code signing. And they always got some way to bypass encryption, man. They're two steps ahead for, for a reason. And they force people to install backdoors because they have guns. All right, what's this? Tim Brackett says, Rip Roberto Jr., really do appreciate it. Ryan Christman says, one of the presidential candidates in Ecuador was assassinated today at a campaign rally, WTF. Wow. And the name's, guy's name is Fernando uh, Villavicencio. Mm -hmm. Dreadnought Trucking LLC says, if somehow either Trump's beat the charges on his own, or the Supreme Court gets involved, I am predicting now with 200% confidence that Vivek will be Trump's VP, and in 28, it will be Vivek as Prez and Rand Paul as VP. Those are bold predictions. I think you can you can take those odds up in Vegas, and if you get it right, you'll be a millionaire. Sean Kennelly says, Kennelly, Kennelly, long live Roberto Jr. He and your constant talk about roosters was the inspiration for my business name, Roosters Property Maintenance. My tagline, reliable as the rooster. Tim, just keep being Tim. All of the Cast Castle rocks. Vivek 2024. I like Vivek, man. He's a good dude. Yeah, Roberto's returned. He's got, Roberto Jr.'s got brothers, you know, but none of them are Roberto, the, you know, are, are, are Roberto-esque. So we got to figure out who's going to take the mantle of Roberto the Third. I, I need to figure out how many sons he's had. We think he has a couple. Hmm. And so one of them is going to have to be Roberto the Third. Yeah. They, do, they would do that in the Middle Ages, too. Someone would just take a new name as like the seventh or something. You know, the Scottish king would become. Yeah, like, people still do that. Isn't James O'Keefe the third? He is. Yes. I think so, yeah. Jimmy. There's three of them. That's a good amount. Third one was the best one, apparently. I'm sure the other ones were good, too. But yeah. this, this current this current one is, is a good James O'Keefe. Yeah, James II looks legit. <laughs> James II was probably good. He made James III. Yeah. James III is pretty based. Paul Tascalo says, Tim, I'm a 38-year-old lawyer. I feel a call to use my skills for good. I'd love to contribute to the show, plus share my stories. Experience with classified docs, FISA warrants, national security, presidential pardons, Obama, and nuclear weapons. Well, all right. Uh, sure, I guess. Um, I don't know how. You can reach out through our emails or whatever. I always just tell people to message Ian. <laughs> <laughs> He's on Twitter. Uh, yeah. uh, good luck. What do you need to do? You, you want to get in He's touch a lawyer. He wants to, oh. yeah. I don't, is there a jobs email or anything? Where people submit for jobs? Uh, on the Discord, I think we have that. Is yeah. That, on the members Discord, we have that stuff. Okay. Diego Rivera says, Reed, can you explain how Defend the Guard uses radical decentralization to reign in the war party? Yeah, so <clears throat> Defend the Guard is a state-by-state -state legislation that makes it impossible for the president to send troops overseas unless there has been a declaration of war. We have not declared war since World War II, but of course we've been to Vietnam uh, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, Korea, everywhere, Korea, Panama. Um, so, uh, actually during hurricane Katrina, I think 60% of Louisiana's national guard was in Iraq. Um, just to show you like how many national guardsmen end up over there. So this would be passed state by state and every state that passes it would disallow the government from sending national guard troops unless Congress passes a declaration of war, which is a 60% majority, which is pretty hard to do. And also, if a congressman is actually signing his name behind a war, you know, that takes a little bit of 
selling to the public and a little bit of responsibility. So it's a lot harder to happen than the president just deciding to send people somewhere for some military operation. It hasn't passed in any state yet, but it passed, I think, the Senate in Arizona. <laughs> and uh, I forget what other state it passed, one of the legislative branches. Um, and it's picking up steam. So check it out. Uh, you can support it in your own state. It's the most important anti-war legislation on the books right now. Is there a website for it? Yeah, it's. I think it's uh, uh, bringourtroopshome.com or Defend the Guard. You can probably just Google Defend the Guard. I think it's on here, isn't it? Yeah, just Google Defend the Guard. You'll find it. Jadrick Penifer says, I've got the solution. What does the crew think? Trump is president, being our monster. RFK Jr. is attorney general. Trump hates them all. RFK has proven he's willing to go after them. Plus, Vivek as Secretary of State has countered WEF fighting the fight abroad. Is RFK even a lawyer? Isn't that what he? Isn't that what he was? I have no idea. Yeah, wasn't he like fighting uh, for people who were having uh, coal sludge dumped in their rivers or something like that back in the other day? Oh, yeah, he's he, a lawyer. He's yeah. a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, environmental lawyer. Yeah. I love this. You go to his Wikipedia. It says. He's an American environmental lawyer, politician, and writer known for advocating anti-vaccine misinformation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course. Of course. Trash oh, website. Man. It was so, Wikipedia was so, like, potentially awesome. I mean, it's still, I guess, is if you could get a hold of the code and it depends, force fix it. No, it depends on the topic. Like, if you're if you're going to something that doesn't really get touched by politics or that's that's somewhat insulated from politics, it's pretty good. If you go to to things that can be touched by politics, it's getting really bad, and it's get, it's continuing to get bad. Science? Are you talking about like biology? Like yeah, we can't really. even nobody knows what a man or a woman is on Wikipedia anymore. I just so. realized something. I know what the first thing Roberto's going to do once we let him out his little little house in Chicken City. What's that? You know what he's going to do? Going right for her. He's going right for her. <laughs> You're probably Roberto. She's... Roberto's been at Cocktown for the past like something like a year wow roberto jr he took over you know he was in charge of all the ladies roberto hasn't seen a woman in some time wow yeah so you know we he, we we had to send him off because we didn't want him you know mixing it with his kids because roosters don't think twice about that yeah you know so but uh he's gonna come out he hasn't seen a lady in a long time wow get it on camera <laughs> it's gonna be on camera on chicken city the wonders of the birds and the bees for everyone to watch live Let's grab some more super well, It looks like we've got defendtheguard.us uh, for Bill and bringourtroopshome.us for the org. There you go. I there think go. that's where it is. Yeah, Diego Rivera said that. Thank you. Jason Dobson says, why would you trust somebody as president who previously headed a pharmaceutical company? More power to big pharma is a scary thing. Well, I don't trust him because of it, but, but I like whoa. his uh, experience within the organization itself. He knows how but, to disassemble the thing. But I don't immediately think all pharmaceutical companies are bad. Right. right. You know, right. like I don't like the big ones, but there are smaller ones, too. The question is, what did his company do and did they do bad things? If they did bad things, then he should be criticized and challenged on those bad things. But uh, I don't know. Maybe knows, we should we should dig into that. He knows a lot about loopholes that the pharmaceutical companies use um, and was talking about them on the Patrick Bet David town hall. It was really, really a great town hall from last week. Check it out. And like they say it themselves previously headed. A pharmaceutical company. It's not necessarily giving more power to big pharma. And it's right not. Now. It's not considered bio. It's 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 not considered pharmaceutical. It's a biotech yeah, company. Yeah, biotech. Mm -hmm. So they do technology and drug development. He said they brought five drugs to patent. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess is that a pharmaceutical company? I I wouldn't call it that. It they 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 what does it say? Uh, technology portfolio includes blah 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 clinical trial data data for pharmaceutical development blah blah blah. I mean, 
I think if you have a concern, uh, legitimate concern, Jason Dobson, I, I, I respect and agree with it. You should start looking into the company and see what you find. And then we should talk about it. You know, he ran a company. What did his company do? There's criticisms over how Trump ran his companies. Sure. And then I think for the most part, I'm not super concerned with the real estate, you know, company and what yeah. he was doing. And the left certainly is. But, uh, you know, what, what's, what's inherently wrong with making drugs to cure diseases or whatever? If he was treating symptoms and perpetuating a lot of awful garbage, I think we ask him about it. Right. Ward Spose says, put the royal chicken family tree on it. On what? On the coffee bag? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess people mostly agree we should uh, keep Rise with Roberto Jr., but I think we'll we'll just write on the back, you know, of, of, of all future bags. A, a special lineage brand where yeah. it shows all of their... So the way it works is we pre-order bags. The bags are printed. It takes a long time to make. It takes like a month and a half to make the bags. So we order a ton of bags. The coffee is then brewed in short, in small batches and uh, made fresh and then packaged and sent off. Uh, in, in, so it's relatively small batches. So I think we have like 5,000 bags empty, ready to be loaded when, when we start selling more product. So after this run, which is there's 5,000. So, you know, you, you'll probably, old, you'll, you'll probably have some time if you want to buy one. There will no longer be the original bag. So these bags are first edition bags. That was unexpectedly, uh, they became very sought after very quickly. Well, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe nobody really cares. Collectors I'm just items, you'll call them. That collectors. if you want to have an original bag, get them now, because we're going to add the rest in peace Roberto Jr. in memoriam on the back of the new ones. So effectively creating a unique, a unique bag you will never be able to get again. And then I'm really excited for Return of the King, Roberto's. It's going to be wild. Dude. Return of the King. We should make a really strong, like espresso. Yeah, that'd be dope. <laughs> Yeah, because he was only removed because Perfect. of circumstance. He wasn't ever violent. No. He was never angry. Did he get? He was, did he rough yeah. him hard? Well, he got Not he, like his he, son. We had to put him in jail because he was uh, roughing up the girls. Big Daddy. Do they ever come back yeah. from that? When they become yeah, aggressive, yeah, yeah. they they tone down. Well, the issue is that you know their spurs get really big when they get older, and it starts hurting yeah. the girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. trimming the spurs is like abuse to the. Little the Luke's figuring it out. Is we're it? really we're really proud of him. Yeah. All right, everybody. We're going to go to the members only section of the show, portion of the show. So head over to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member, and we're going to talk about naughty things. So uh, not for the not for the kids. It's a, a bit more wild portion of the show. But uh, you can submit questions. And every night we choose four or five callers to talk to us and our guests. It's a whole lot of fun. Best part of the show, in my opinion. So join us at TimCast.com. Should be up in a few minutes. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Reed, you want to shout anything out? Yeah, uh, check out Defend the Guard, um, check out the Free State Project, um, and then I haven't done a show in a while, but you can check out my stuff at Reed Coverdale on Twitter. Um, I'm with Tower Gang, too, and is Clint joining the team soon? Is that the thing that's I happening? I hope so. Here? I don't know. We've been talking to him about it, but okay. uh, I don't know if anything's on the books yet. I love having Clint. Yeah, no, Clint's a good friend of mine, uh, and you know, we have Tower Gang. I haven't done that in a while, either. I've just been busy working, but... Uh, check out my show, The Naturalist Capitalist. I am Phil Labonte. Uh, the band is All That Remains. We You can check us out on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, what is it, YouTube, um, Pandora. We're on there. Yeah. Cheers. Have an excellent rest of your day, you guys. I'm Ian Crossland. Great to be here, Reed. Always good to see you, man. Thanks for the data. Coming in hot and strong, baby. Catch you later, man. And I am Surge.com. Looking forward to this after show. Uh, let's get to it, Tim. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. 
Come hang out with us at TimCast.com. We're going to be live in a few minutes and we'll see you all there. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.